Ah, holiday get-together. So many things to look forward to. Pass the squash. I'm trying to eat more vegetables. You know, actually, squash is a fruit. It's a vegetable, like green beans. Well, beans are a legume. What are you, the vegetable police? Look, I'm just saying that just because... But to those who can always find the silver lining, give the gift of joy. Holiday scratchers from DC Lottery, like Peppermint Payout, Merry Money Multiplier, and Festive 500s, with over $1 million in total cash prizes. Just trying to be accurate around here. Please play responsibly. Live from the Donatorium, it's the Fat Minute. I'm joined tonight by my co-host, the president of the Hair Club for Men, BVJ. Hello. I'm also joined tonight by special guest, Lord Regent of Zimbabwe, Zach Kogel. That's my title. Wow. <laughs> and I am, of course, Don John, the man who sold the world. It's also a special episode tonight because a certain someone, a certain co-host of ours, is celebrating a birthday today. Oh, it's my me. getting older. <laughs> <laughs> yep. How's, how's your birthday been today so far, Blake? I mean, it was it was just very relaxed and chill, you know. Um, I just hung Good out with my smooches. Yeah, I just hung out with my daughter all day, and okay, God um, bless. Gabby worked, and so we just celebrated my birthday yesterday, really. Yeah. So okay. you know, I got... no, it was it was really all you asked for later, and you know. When you're not a teenager anymore, you just want to have a relaxing day. Uh, I feel that. Yeah, so, no, yeah. I get that. All right, yeah. well, let's move into the podcast tonight, boys. Continuing with our well, retrospective. Let's get to the dirty nitty gritty of it. Hell yeah. <laughs> hey, I wasn't even trying to be funny. I'm just saying, let's go. All right. <laughs> well, then let the motherfucking host do his thing. <laughs> hey, language. Okay, sorry. No, cr- no cussing on my Christian Minecraft server. Oh, I got some bad news. <laughs> <laughs> my man. All right, so we're continuing with our retrospective of the decade of the 2000s. We're moving on to Oof. the year 2003. And we're going to start off with some uh, cultural events that happened that year. Uh, first thing, we'll start off with a fun one. The Order of the Phoenix book release happened in 2003. Now, we had sort of... We had sort of touched on this in the first episode when we kind of talked about, you know, Pottermania at the time. Um, and this was a big fucking deal. This was a big fucking year for that. Um, yeah, because, yeah. I mean, keep in mind, Goblet of Fire came out in 2000. And up to that point, there had been a new Harry Potter book every single year up until Goblet of Fire. Then there was just a huge break for three years, no Harry Potter book. But. The Sorcerer's Stone and the Chamber of Secrets movies came out, which just fanned the flames of that uh, popularity. And then the yeah. Prisoner of Azkaban movie was like a year away at this point. So people like when when because I remember at the time there were some jokes about like uh, you know basically the manga catching up to the anime in terms of Harry Potter because they're about oh, to hit. Please don't use that analogy. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're about to hit movie three, and you know only four books were out. So I remember when that fifth book was announced. Like, it was national fucking news. And I think it really says something that, you know... Because there was, there was a midnight release for this book nationwide. And I remember going to the midnight release, waiting in line at our local bookstore here at our mall. Um, and I remember the line being out the fucking door. I didn't get home until, like, 2 a.m. And I still, like, stayed up and read the first couple chapters um, afterwards. And yeah, I, th- I think I, it... I think, I think it, I did the same thing, too, actually. 
I, I think it really says something when, you know, at a time when literally every single kid had at least one video game console in their house, they would, and yet they still were okay with waiting in line at midnight for a book that was almost a thousand fucking pages long. I think that really says something about how popular this book series was. Um, yeah, at the time, it was pretty groundbreaking. Yeah. So, Blake, what do you what do you got to say about that? Um, well, at this point, I had just... I Like I told you a couple episodes ago, I only read the um, the uh, the first book. Um, but yeah, no, I remember like like you said, like this was the first one. And how many? How how long did you say? Three years. Three years. Yeah. So that that was a big deal. Um, I remember. I mean, I remember it was a big deal when like the title was announced. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, and yeah, so I I specifically remember, um, and this goes into <laughs> a, a legend, a lore, if you will, about how <laughs> oh, everybody God. everybody went to school with that one kid that just made up shit. Yeah. Um, oh dear God! And um, and uh, I remember a classmate of mine, William. He just I asked him, so what does the title mean, Order of the Phoenix? And he just totally just pulled some shit out of his ass just like well you see it ends with them going to like the wizard god who happens to take the form of a phoenix and um and, and he he orders your allegiance to him and he he orders for uh yeah and then everyone takes a name but anyway um and he he orders for he who shall not be named to be killed. And so the Order of the Phoenix is the wizard god asking Harry Potter to kill Lord Voldemort. Wait, hold on. Is this the Crusades or is this Harry Potter? <laughs> yeah, so there you go. All right, Zach, See, what, Zach what you got to big, say? The big thing about the uh, Order of the Phoenix that I remember, or at least the Harry Potter book series as a whole, was... My family had a bit of a tradition, I guess you could call it, where my mom my mom liked the books. She more so liked the fact that we liked the books. Mm-hmm. And my dad was one of those people who, you know, if he walks in and catches like a you know a glimpse of the page or he hears someone reading it, he'll he'll, he'll just sit down and listen to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'd already watched the movies by then. Um, like pretty much every every family across the <laughs> this great nation of ours. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't say that with straight face. Anyway, um, but more importantly, everyone always had a like a type of movie night. I'm assuming is, mm-hmm. that, is, that, is that something everyone does? Yeah, but um, we would always watch the first Harry Potter movie and the second Harry Potter movie. It got to the point where I could say the lines of the first Harry Potter movie along with the movie. My mom would get mad at me, um, but <laughs> I digress. Uh, my mom made it a tradition. Getting back on topic, that. When, when the when the book would come out, we would go to the midnight release. We would get it. We would you know we would celebrate. We would celebrate by reading the first chapter and by reading it, my mom would read it aloud to all of us. It was almost like you know you know a great storyteller of old sitting around the campfire spinning tales of dragons and shit. And quite frankly, that was oddly accurate. Um, <laughs> but uh, we would go out on picnics and we would finish as many chapters as possible. That kind of thing it sounds very you know, idyllic, but quite frankly, you know, there was a lot of frustration of, you know, what happens next? Well, you're going to find out later. But we want to find out now. Packs up backs basket. I said we're going to find out later. All right, fine. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But, um, yeah, I have a lot of fond memories of the books, mainly because it was a family tradition that, you know, we would all sit down as a family. My mom would read it to the family, and, you know, we would just kind of bond over that. Movies mm-hmm. were kind of the same way, except my mom wouldn't read the script, you know, line for line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a, what a nice, wholesome story. I wish my parents loved me that much. Oh, yeah, no, it, it, it won't. It, that, that, I think that's about as wholesome as it'll get tonight. <laughs> I, I thought that was going in a completely different direction. <laughs> I wish my parents loved me that much. And, you know, I, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, next. But yeah, no, that. Yeah, it, it, really, it really shows the staying power of a brand where. You know, you you leave people hanging for about, you said three years. Yeah. And then they yeah. line up at the doors at midnight to get your book. Yeah. 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 A it's book. Crazy stuff. Has, yeah, a has, book. It has a has there been another book, another series that has done that since? Like, did the Hunger Games even do that? Not to my knowledge. <laughs> the the only other book I can Twilight. think of. Twilight. Did Twilight books have a midnight release? Uh, yes, I mean, it when... was not like Pottermania, if I'm not mistaken, but it was comparable to where it would probably play second yeah. to its legacy, yeah. I guess you Because the, I mean, the only other book that comes to mind that also had a midnight release was with the, the Cursed Sun screenplay, which was atrocious, if we're being honest. I, 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 I don't count it canon, because it doesn't have a movie, and... <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 the that's the BBJ way of judging a book. I don't count it because it doesn't have a movie. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, all, all y'all were gonna hate me because when you said was another did another book aspire to that kind of reputation? I was about to look. I was about to digitally look y'all right in the face and say Artemis Fowl. Uh, <laughs> I I heard that Disney Plus movie is dog shit. Well. It's Disney Plus. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, They're not Netflix. But yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, like, give the devil his due, and that isn't me being like an obnoxious Twilight hater. But I mean, like the Twilight books, like those had some hype. Um, yeah. Oh, they and, had uh, a lot of hype. But yeah, I remember when the final one was coming out. There, I think there was a midnight for it, and um, so yeah. Yeah. Back to you, Donnie. Well, let's move on to our next event of the year 2003, the Space Shuttle Columbia disaster, uh, which was an incident when... <laughs> I didn't know that was funny. <laughs> uh, no, I'm only laughing because I'm, I'm, I'm remembering what I said a few minutes ago. Listen, guys, that's, that's about as wholesome as it's going to get. It's only downhill from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lo and behold, the next topic. <laughs> the, yeah, this, this is the heavy part of the podcast. But the Space yeah. Shuttle Columbia disaster was an incident when the Space Shuttle Columbia basically just fell apart and burst into flames upon re-entry into the atmosphere, killing all seven crew members on board. And I, I, I brought this uh, event up just because I feel because uh, for starters I just remember that being on the news like very vividly as a kid, and also I feel like you know looking back I feel like this disaster is what really killed. You know, our interest in space exploration and, you know, space technology. Like, we're starting to see a little bit of a resurgence of it, you know, now in the past couple years. Um, <laughs> it's getting defunded. Right. Um, oh, joy. But I feel like this really killed a lot of interest in that, um, which is a shame because, you know, I feel like if we were to 
you know, fund that kind of technology and exploration, we would progress so much more as a, as a species um, and as a planet. I mean, it really is the final frontier. Um, yeah, amen. <laughs> but, yeah, I definitely feel like this really killed our interest in, in, in space up until, you know, the past couple of years. Um, what Do you guys remember this or have any thoughts on this? Well, I'll, I'll say from my half, uh, initially, uh, as I was looking at some of the things you guys sent me to, you know, jog my memory so I could get ready for this podcast, when I saw that on the first part of the docket, I went, oh, wow, that, that was 2000. Damn. <laughs> and then I really, I really like kind of dug deep in my memory, you know, my brain palace and shit. And <laughs> I remember I only heard about it once or twice, but then again, nine times out of 10, I had my head buried in like video games and like all kinds of other shit. So like it, it I, I don't think it had enough impact on me because I didn't, I, I always distanced myself from the news. Not because, you know, I was one of those people who like don't trust the news. Quite frankly, I wasn't, wasn't old enough to be that way, <laughs> but for me, it was always like, you know, there was always something depressing or scary on the news. Um, I'll probably get into a little bit deeper than that on, uh, on, you know, I'll probably elaborate a little more when we get further down the line, because there's uh, another topic that pretty much plays into that, but uh, so I'll, I'll let, I'll let Blake take the floor. All right. This was an event that like, was completely wiped from my memory for some reason. Um, Mandela effect. <laughs> well, I, I, as far as like something like this goes, I speci- I specifically remember the one similar incident that happened before I was even born. The one, um, the one shuttle disaster Challenger. that happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened. You know, during Ronald Reagan. Like I remember that was um, a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was like, you know, as I was growing up, they were finally making made-for-TV movies on it and stuff. Um, so yeah, this was an event that was completely wiped from my memory. Um, it's it, it just sucks because something like this like is supposed to be hopeful and inspirational and uplifting. And right. when you have, you know, you can have a hundred mission accomplishes or mission accomplished whatever, mm-hmm. but you have one of these, and it just kind of taints the whole thing. Almost. Um, and then as far as, like, the resurgence of interest in space exploration, it, it's also really weird how NASA is, like, a brand now. Um, <laughs> like, I'll be, I, you know, even last year, like, I was at the mall, and there would be, like, teenagers and college-age guys who were, like, cool guys, not nerdy guys at all, and they're wearing, like, NASA sweatpants and dad hats with the NASA logo on it and stuff, and, yeah. like... It's like As, it's like yeah, it's like it's like trying to be like <laughs> the, the working man's Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just, Gucci for glasses. That's what that's what I'm thinking. Um yeah, but I mean you know I mean how <laughs> however it has to come back whatever. But yeah, it's just it's just kind of weird that it's going on like um, bomber jackets and stuff now. <laughs> but you know whatever. I, that, that is a really interesting point. Because normally the way I the way I always see like culture and how it kind of like evolves with certain aspects, certain themes, certain you know things in general. Whenever you take something that people weren't really using as a brand name, let's use NASA for example. Whenever I see it like plastered everywhere like that, my first thought is cool. That'll get other people interested in it. That'll get more 
you know, generalized public interest in it. And maybe they'll get more funding. Maybe they'll get more popularity. And then I realize it's literally just one man had it on a T-shirt, and one guy thought, <laughs> "That looked pretty cool." So they did it too. <laughs> was I'm it sorry, Sylvester, my mouth was, was full of saliva, and I had to, sw- I had to swallow. Was yeah. it Sylvester Stallone? <laughs> uh, you know what? It, sometimes it's a celebrity. It might have been Sylvester Stallone. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But <laughs> I had a lot of saliva in my mouth. And I'm, my mouth is so dry right now. I got this giant ass glass of water right beside me. But um, yeah, that's pretty cool. But yeah, like I'm, I'm always. It's <laughs> pretty cool, agent. Give me my NASA jacket. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rep the streets. I don't know. Is that what he does? Does he rep the streets? Is that, is that what he does when he runs up that long ass set of stairs? No, the streets rep him. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> he um he he reps the streets of Philly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, hey, Philly. Huh? I, I was told it's always sunny. But, but getting back to what I was originally trying to say, I hate you. Um, hashtag Dayman. Um, what I what I was always worried about was, yeah, people will see the NASA logo, you know, that kind of thing, and be like, oh yeah, it looks cool. But do you really know what that is? Is it getting lost in translation, or do you really, like, or do you just, get it? Do you just think the font and aesthetic looks cool for your jacket? Yeah, because yeah, um, that, that to me, to me at least, because I'm a nerd. I grew up a nerd. Like, when I was, like, two years old, I watched Star Trek Next Generation, loved the <laughs> shit out of it, had action figures, whole deal. But do you really know what that's, do you really know what that, that means? Is it getting lost on you? What, what, just wearing it because it looks cool? What what you're getting at what you're getting at is it's kind of like an alternate version of how you see that one dude or that or that you know or girl wearing like a Nirvana T-shirt and they've yeah. never listened oh, to Nirvana. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. It also kind of falls under the same category as like someone who says I like video games and the first thing that pops out of their mouth is Zelda, and yeah. they may have played it once or twice, thought it was cool, and then they just say they're a fan of Zelda. Or something like that. But now, I mean, like, that, that, I'm, I'm treading some serious hipster territory, and I'm going to apologize <laughs> for that ahead of time. Right. But, like, when it comes to something like NASA, where it's like, this is our future, or this could be our future. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you got to give it some semblance of, like, seriousness. Especially right. when we're talking about the original, uh, the original like, uh, root of this conversation, which is, you know, people trying to further our future in right. a shuttlecraft, and then... Yeah the whole thing having a mishap, and then they all die for the sake of furthering humanity's future. I, I'll, I'll, think... tell you, I'll tell you one person who I know for sure who was wearing that NASA shirt that like actually loved NASA for what it was, was that kid who got arrested for building up a clock. Oh, yeah, God, like five Jesus. years ago. I yeah. forgot yeah. all about that. Five years ago, yeah. I mean, talk, like, about, I think, talk about fucking irony. I think, Zach, that's, that's a very fair point with that. However, when it comes to, like, Video games in Zelda. Keep in mind, nobody likes a gatekeeper. Um, oh no, 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 no! I, I'm not saying that in any way, form or fashion, by gatekeeper. Quite frankly, if you like it, and I, yeah. you know, for me at least, if you like it, and you, and I know that you, you kind of seem to fit into that category, that kind of person, I'm not going to dog you for it. I, I or I'm not going to first... dock you points or imaginary points or something for it. I can firsthand give you my own, you know, backstory with something like that was I finally wanted to have a Joy Division Unknown Pleasures t-shirt. That one thing that looks like sonic waves or like the mountains of like a Middle Earth map or whatever. 
It's all over oh, yeah, Tumblr or yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah, that 80s, the 80s aesthetic t-shirt kind of thing. Right. Yeah, 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 the black and white t-shirt. So I kept seeing it, and I'm like, oh, that's such a cool t-shirt, but I've never – so I literally went home, listened to the entire album in one sitting just so I can go back out and buy that t-shirt. <laughs> uh, so, to be honest with you, I would probably have done the same because I'm one of those people who I'd like to at least know the the – what is it called? The – the origin of where the damn thing came from, but 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 yeah. to to be fair, to wrap this all up in a nice little neat bow, <laughs> to, yeah, to wrap it all up in a nice little neat bow. I'm kind of sad that you know. I bet you anything, if you talk to a few other people other than say us, who either did our research, did our emotional or mental digging to figure out and remember, hey, that did happen. Oh, that was yeah. sad. If you yeah. if you talk to anybody else, I don't really think they would remember. No, maybe not. And that that's sad. Yeah. But, because, you know. And and as far as the as far as the licensing and marketing and apparel, I, I basically just created my own headcanon that NASA's just selling T-shirts to fund their program now. <laughs> oh, thank God! I'm not the only one who just thought that. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, okay, they're just trying to sell as much clothing as possible so they could maybe go to Mars. <laughs> you know, the bright side of it is at least they're getting the word out. At least they have their name still on people's lips. And at least that'll get in. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, you laugh, but that's a marketing strategy. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. let's move on to our next topic. We definitely got a little off the rails on that one. Oh, yeah, no, we did. Yeah, so let's 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 bring it down to earth a little bit with the war in Darfur. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Man, it just keeps getting brighter and brighter. Yeah. So I brought this one up. The war in Darfur started in 2003 when uh, multiple rebel groups in Darfur basically rebelled against the government, which they accused of oppressing the non-Arab population, which triggered a government-sanctioned ethnic cleansing of the country. And I just remember for so long Darfur being being considered like the most dangerous place to be on Earth. Um, I just remember... Boy, did that change. Yeah. Yeah. But I just remember for, like, for several years, like, almost pretty much throughout this entire decade and maybe a little past it, like, that country being, like, considered the absolute most dangerous, hostile place to be in the world. Um, I remember, if if I'm not mistaken, I believe at one point the UN had pretty much, like, blocked blockaded the whole country to keep like other people from going in um people pull up to darfur authorities roll up you don't want none of that shit yeah and they just turn around and leave i will say though i remember there's a website i forget what it's called but there's a website that just like is devoted to people who basically like you know those scam callers you get who are always like you know uh the IRS are like coming after you unless you pay like. $1, I watched so many videos on scam baiters. I yes. know exactly what you're talking about. There's a website devoted to these people who like basically fuck with these scam callers, and the, I remember like there's one from like the mid 2000s where a dude basically for several months sca- like just fucked with the scam caller and got him to travel all the way to Darfur. <laughs> wow, that's commitment to the bit. But yeah, Whew. I just remember. Yeah, I just remember this conflict being in the news all the time. I remember this country being considered the most dangerous country in the world for so long. And I mean, to give you guys an idea of how like nasty and bloody this war is, less than a month ago they signed a peace agreement to to this war. Less than a month ago. What? Less than well, a month ago, a peace agreement was signed. Whew. That's. So, 
Blake, what are your, what are your thoughts and memories on this? Um, I it's it's amazing that it you know it, it, it's still less than a month ago, but um, but it still ended before the war on terror. Uh, yeah. Terror. Yeah. Um. Uh, I Zach, you go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I was waiting on you, man. Um. <laughs> Uh, I I don't remember seeing much about this at the time, um, but then it just it just adds to the point that I keep bringing up how it's just like early two thousands. It just created the how there always had to be something negative, and I mean like I don't want anyone to yep. just, to translate that wrong and be like, well, this is more than a news story. This was a real thing that happened. This was people's lives, but it just it, it just it, it was an event in general. Yeah, yeah, um, and it was just. It was amazing how we were, we were, or at least I was, you know, I guess shielded from the negativity of the world as well as I was at the time because there was just such a depleting amount of optimism and and uh, and just good news in general. Yeah. Um, but yet we compare it to what we're doing and going through today, and we're like, man, I'll go back to two thousand three. Give me that time machine. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. it, 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 that that, that kind of dichotomy when you live through one and you thought that was the end of the world, and then you get to now and you're like, man, I'll I'll handle that anytime and any, any day of the week. In a way, yeah. I didn't think I was going to go this way in, in this direction, but that's also kind of uplifting. That means you're going to live through it. Hopefully, and now, granted, yeah. I know that that's not as comforting to other people, maybe who did go through it. Yeah. But as far as the negativity goes and the feeling that it's never going to get better, yeah. well, go back 10 years, find the worst thing that happened then, gauge your opinion on it, yeah. think to yourself, would you go back and rather handle that than what you are now? Cool. You survived. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what I got to say. All right. Zach, anything else you got to say? <laughs> Uh, to be honest with you, there is one thing on this list that I am saving. I'm, I'm basically going to condense it all because it kind of all relates to itself. Okay, well then on that note, I'll move on to the next event of 2003, the beginnings of the Iraq War, specifically the protests against the Iraq War. And I bring up the protests in particular because I remember when we first invaded Iraq in 2003, I remember seeing it on the news, seeing nothing but protests. Like, not just here in the U.S., but literally the entire world. I remember seeing news coverage of very large protests in Europe, in Asia, um, in Africa. Like, so literally the entire world protesting the Iraq War. I even remember seeing researchers in in Antarctica, fucking Antarctica, protesting this war. Um, Yeah. So it, it really says one thing, like... It's one thing when you have people in your own country protesting the government because that's going to happen no matter what. But when you have the entire fucking world saying, you're full of shit, don't fucking do this. I mean, it really spoke volumes to just what kind of administration we had going on at the time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Zach, what are your thoughts on that? Well... I'm going to push a little farther than that than not just the protests. Mm-hmm. 
because, all right, I'm going to give you a little bit of a unique perspective here. Probably neither of you know this because, to be honest with you, with us being friends, we know each other, it never really came up. But I remember being that young, hearing about the Iraq War, mm-hmm. hearing about possible chemical weapons. Mm-hmm. I remember being that young and hearing that there was going to be a chance that we were going to get bombed with mustard gas. Yeah, I remember that. And that we were, it was a presidential suggestion to the populace of the U.S. to start stocking up on tarp and duct tape to make sure that your house is airtight just in case we get bombed with mustard gas. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you firsthand from someone who, you know, lived through that specific era, what that does to a child at that age. Every day, my mind would go through the, uh, what I would call, um, it would be like uh, uh, battle simulations. (laughs) Uh, Every day I would wake up and I would think to myself, if they hit us now, what would be my my response time? Yeah. Um, How fast could I get to the tarp? How fast could I get to the uh, duct tape? I don't want to leave my things behind. So if it, would there be a way for me to create some kind of uh, umbilicus between my room and my parents' room? We're all going to have to hoard up here. How are we going to get food? Uh, would there be a way to make a makeshift like gas mask or smock to be able to brave downstairs to get food? And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I think a lot of that, coupled with a few other things, contributed to my anxiety and depression. But I can clearly tell you that that kind of a situation on me at that point in time caused me to have such a paranoid and just negative and fearful view of the world. It yeah. it wasn't good. It, it, it was not good. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think you were the only one who, you know, was affected yeah. in that way. I mean... I think that's. I, I think that's how there's a lot of people who probably could vouch yeah, for that. <laughs> and I think that's a large reason why so many people, so many in this country, fell in line with the Iraq War just because of that fear. Yeah. 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 For me, actually, was a very unique reaction, though. I will say. I, I I will say one more thing. The my reaction in total, though, was not so much they started it. We need to finish it. My response was. The government actually started it. They're the ones who provoked everything. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't be here if it wasn't because of them. So I guess in a way that was kind of what made me very distrustful of, you know, government officials, government, you know, slap government on the end of it. And I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that pretty much summed up my slow boiling, I guess you could say, or slow brewing hatred mm-hmm. of, you know, government opinion, government uh, decision, mm-hmm. because I always have a feeling that they don't have my best interest at heart. I'm basically just fodder. If I die, I'm just a number. And it won't really make much of a difference. The best I can hope for is just a name on a plaque or a memorial, if they find me, you know. That's what the kind of thing does to you. Yeah. Uh, Blake, do you have anything to add? Um, well, I remember um, 
first of all, it, it, it was probably um, the Iraq War is probably the biggest mistake of our lifetime. Um, <laughs> Understatement. I yeah, I mean, but um, it's um, it just. I remember being taken to a protest. Um, my mom and sister and I went. Um, we went to D.C. actually, um, and I don't know because usually they try to have like a specific name, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, like the March for Our Lives or you know the Women's March or whatever. I, I forget what the name of it was, but I mean there was there was uh, it was a pretty. It was a pretty decent turnout. It wasn't like it wasn't like the the other two that I had just mentioned, but um, um, so I remember being taken to that, and um, and it, I I was scared being there because it, I guess kind of to relate to what Zachary was just saying, like to be a kid and to have that kind of worry or whatever. Um, a kid shouldn't have to worry about that. Um, no, and and it, you know it's like, and somebody could be like, well, then why were you taken there? That's not the you know, but it's like, I mean, you have to stand up for what you think is right, um, as long as it doesn't include you harming someone. Um, in, in fact, to to bolster what you're saying, if someone actually did say you didn't have a right to be there, quite frankly, uh, you would have had every right to be there because it would have shown you that one. Not everyone is, you know, has war in their hearts right. and wants bloodshed. And two, if you are against it, which I believed you were, yeah, you weren't alone. Yeah, and and one of the more unfortunate things back home here, while the, all that was going on, you know, obviously the true misfortune was happening over there. Um, one of the most unfortunate things here, other than you know when our own soldiers had to come back and deal with life after, you know, experiencing that. Right, exactly. All those awful things. What what I'm getting is, the unfortunate thing for the people who stayed here and didn't go, whatever, um, it, it was this misunderstanding that went on for far too long, and it might even still be going on, is that so many people could not grasp the concept that you could be just because you are against the war doesn't mean you don't support the troops. Yeah. Um, it's actually quite the opposite. Your point is that you don't want them to be in a unnecessary or yeah. mishandled situation. You want them to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so th- that's that's one of the more unfortunate things. Is just this this I guess this um. They couldn't. People, other people, just didn't know how to separate the two. Yeah. Um, a, yeah. A lot of the times, these uh, the, the the people who were pro-war were, in a way, and I believe a very disrespectful way, using the troops as like a metaphorical hostage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That and that in itself is disrespectful to the troops. Right. Well, there. That's that's called that's called you know chicken hawks and yeah. and armchair warriors yeah. and stuff and <laughs> and and then like um, while this was going on, I mean like. And I think this is a relevant fact right now. Um, almost none of the senators, or you know, barely any of the congressmen, um, had kids that were over there. Yeah. Um, in fact, yeah, they didn't care. And I and I think this is. I'm pretty sure this. Is, I mean, 
I know he himself is the fact here, but as far as him, whether or not he was the only one or one of two or one of three, I don't know. I'm pretty sure um, the only senator that had a son that was over in Iraq was Joe Biden. He was the only senator that actually had a child that was in the service um, while that was going on. Um, and, and then that just added to everyone. Well, I mean, that that I guess that example, that situation was just why so many people are frustrated because, you know, like Dick Cheney didn't have anybody over there. You know, George Bush didn't have a son who had to go over there. And mm -hmm. and and that was part of just what made people so fed up with it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I finally land on one of the cultural things that I could actually talk more about, um, I guess, making up for last episode. But I don't I don't want to. I don't want to drag it on too long, so I guess I'll, I'll uh, calmly um, uh, cease there. All right. Well, we'll move on to the next topic, which is very related: the fall of Baghdad and the capture of Saddam Hussein. I remember just waking up one morning and seeing on the news just all those people in Baghdad tearing down that statue of Saddam, and it was supposed to be like this bright, hopeful new age for for the country. And, you know, now we know that basically we just created a power vacuum and then just walked out. Um, shortly yeah. after that, we we did capture Saddam Hussein and basically handed him over to the um, interim, the interim uh, Iraqi government where they put him on trial. Not for, you know, the 9-11 attacks or weapons of mass destruction that we claimed he was a part of, but for shit he did in the 80s. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I just remember seeing... Yeah, didn't they, like, didn't they, like, like, super hang him? Like, when I say hang somebody, it's like the literal gallows with the rope, and then you pull the lever, and the door comes out. No, they, like, tied his neck to a rope, and then kicked him off a cliff. Isn't that uh, what they did to him or something? To the, no, to the he was, he was, he had the trap door. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh. Huh. But yeah, I just remember seeing all that on the news, and it was supposed to be this bright, hopeful new age for the country of Iraq. And uh, that didn't happen. So what do you guys got to say about that, Zach? <laughs> I remember watching that, because I remember our teacher turned that on at the time. I forget where I was. I think it was in middle school, maybe. I think that lines up with middle school a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would um, be middle school. And I remember watching it and going, well, okay. Okay, so what happens now? <laughs> yeah, are, are we leaving? And then I heard a few days later, it was like, oh, hey, no, we're still going to stay there. And I'm like, why? <laughs> it's that whole adage of the innocence of a child is so telling or some something to the tune of that. It was the fact that, like, I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, if it's that big of a deal and it's that much of a celebration, so we're, so we're done, right? <laughs> Punch to the face, punch to the face, shake hands, walk away. I mean, that's that's pretty way too simplified, but you get you you, you get the whole song and dance of that. Yeah, yeah. And that 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 was not it. So that's why every time afterwards, people were like, you know, oh, we did this, oh, we did that. The relevance and the weight behind what happened was lost on me more and more and more and more. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure if that was. That was for everybody else, too, because it was like, we saw the statue get tore down. 
Mm-hmm. It, we thought, okay, so is that the end of it, or are you just going to drag this out longer and longer to cause more bloodshed, or what, you got a few more barrels of oil to fill up? Yeah. <laughs> Blake? Um, I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, building on what Zach said, it, it just... <laughs> You would have thought that would have been the end of it, but it just it just kept going. And then, yeah, it also just felt insulting to everybody that it did just keep going. Um, and um, and I don't want I don't want anyone else listening in on this to maybe um, take it the wrong way. Um, he he was not a good dude. Like no. he was he was a bad person. Yeah. Um, he did not deserve to have any authority or any leadership. He was, was a bad man. Um, but, um, but for us though, it just, it's just such, it didn't even feel like being on the winning side. No, it didn't even feel like you were on the side. You were watching like a football game. You're not even associated with that team. Why does that win matter now? (laughs) Because, and also for me, it's like, by this point, I was like, (laughs) Hey, remember Osama bin Laden? Like, what, yeah. what, what about that? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, Everybody what about forgot him? about him for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, they kept doing the three-card I mean, like, Charlie on us. And, I mean, keep in mind, we didn't, we did not, you know, have a trial for Saddam Hussein and or, or lock him up in our jail. That was not us. Yeah. We, we caught him, and we immediately turned him over to another country right. to try him and then execute him. So, I right. mean, if that says anything about, you know, how full of shit we were on that whole deal. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'm a little misguided. I'll give, I'll, I, I will fully accept that. But I've always had the standing opinion <clears throat> that the U.S. is, in, in like the grand scheme of the world, is if you, if you turned every country into like, an, like a rep- representative, like an anthropomorphized person, like a cartoon character... The U.S. was the jock that gl- gl- had his glow up in high school and just can't seem to find a moment to relive that glory. And what I mean by that is, in both World War One and World War Two, or at least from people, for people's perspective, because I've, 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 you know, I took those classes. <laughs> I'm not an expert on it, but at least I know a few things. But in both of those, the U.S. had that moment of, no, no, I don't want to get involved. Don't want to get involved. And the bully pushes him and goes... Now I'm involved. Yeah. And they think, yeah, I was the decisive push that won the war. Now I'm going to go back and you're never going to bother me again. World War II comes along. I don't want to get involved. Push. Now I'm involved. And they keep thinking that they're these saviors that every time they meddle in someone's business, they walk away the hero. And now they try to do it again in the war in Iraq. And they're not the hero anymore. And they can't stand that. And that's always how it, it was always interpreted to me. Because as I was learning history, <clears throat> it seemed as though the American politicians who helped guide the military, I guess you could say it like that, I was always under the impression that they always wanted to keep up this 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 air of heroism that we are the American military, we will we will fight tyranny wherever we find it and, you know, shout G.I. Joe outside of a Range Rover or some bullshit. But in actuality, we started out as, as a conscientious objector that was forced into fighting. 
we ended up being the villain who can't keep their nose in their own fucking business. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a pretty fair assessment, in all honesty. It's it's definitely a it's definitely a, a brutally honest assessment that yeah. that that you know um, I think there's Seems. a lot of I think there's a lot of views that that help with that is I I, I don't know if I would say the term villain because once again oh, I, no. I just it's I'm not all, so I'm, much a villain I'm always it's... worried I'm always worried about the people that like once again don't understand you could be against this stuff but you could still support you know the the average person that went over and served because mm. you know that's there's a there's a very specific and sophisticated difference there mm-hmm. um, I, I honestly i honestly believe that the inability to see that difference yeah is when they look at a person they don't see a human being or at least a lot of them i won't speak for everybody but on my guess at least my guess yeah is that when they look at a soldier, they don't see the young kid they used to be from their mother's eyes. They don't see the supportive brother that they see from, you know, the sister and or younger brother's eyes. They, they, they see this heroic soldier that's supposed to march off to war. And if you don't support the hero, then you're the villain. Yeah. This this has nothing to do with heroes and villains. This has to do with someone who didn't have to ha- they didn't have to put on military gear and go into a desert hellhole and fight to make sure that this conflict ends. They didn't have to do any of this. They wanted to do it because they wanted to keep you safe. I understand yeah. for, from from my perspective. If someone was saying that to me, my response would be, "I understand what it means to support the troops. It's to basically, in my opinion, look at them and say, you don't have to go over there. But I know if I tell you, you don't have to go over there. You're going to tell me, but I need to. And who am I to tell a hero running towards the fire not to go? That's where you're being called." Yeah. And the only thing I can hope and tell you is that you stay safe so that your family can actually enjoy your company when you get back. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a lot of interesting uh, viewpoints and perspectives here tonight. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think we covered I think we covered the major news events pretty well. Let's move on to the fun part of the podcast. Oh, thank God. I was <laughs> I was so tired of getting serious. <laughs> Let's talk about some movies that came out in 2003. Oh boy, my favorite. Start off with Kangaroo Jack. Alright, not my favorite. (laughs) Listen, if I have to hear a hip-hop, the hippie to the hippie to the hip-hop, I swear to God, I'm going to stab myself in the face. I remember watching this fucking movie as a kid, right after it came out. I remember seeing, like, the commercials for this movie, and, like... First off, talk about a case of, like, fucking false advertising. Like, they advertised this movie like the kangaroo was going to, like, talk the whole fucking movie. And basically... going to be the Bugs Bunny. Yeah, yeah he was going to be, like, the protagonist of the movie, kind of. And, like, he talks in one scene where after, like, the actual main character gets hit in the fucking head. And, like, he literally does nothing the entire movie. Also, I just love the story of how this was originally supposed to be like a really like R-rated, like raunchy comedy, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. what yeah. a waste! Yeah, like 
it ended up just being a really fucking stupid movie that I still have a weird, vivid memory of, and just it was it was basically fucking uh, the Master of the Skies from the previous year all over again. Just like this, <laughs> this is some fucking dog shit. <laughs> Honestly, I chalked that up to a movie that I was too poor to see when it came out, and I am so glad I dodged that bullet. <laughs> <laughs> That that should be that should be a whole a whole category in and of itself. <laughs> Movies that I was too poor to see when it came out, and I'm glad I was. <laughs> oh god damn! There, there's a subcategory to that, and I have Blake to thank for its existence. It's movies that I was too poor to be able to see, but yet my friend got me in for free, and thank God he did. <laughs> yeah, Agent Forty Seven was one of them. Oh, I'm time. Fucking... I'm time hopping. Oh, continue. Fucking <laughs> easy there, Roger Ebert. Oh. Oof. Hey, when in the presence of Blake, one must at least criticize one movie. Yeah. All right, Blake. <laughs> It'll appease him. Blake, tell us about he keeps Kangaroo. Him going. Tell us about Kangaroo Jack, Blake. Um. So, yeah, it, it's probably one of the greatest. I mean, every time there's like a YouTube video or an article on like movies that had really bad false advertising or, or something to that flavor or form poster child. Um, yeah, um this movie's mentioned and and yeah, but and in in a weird way it's the only reason why or how that movie would ever still be talked about. Yeah. Um because if that wasn't in there or the trailer was more honest or accurate, I guess accurate is the word here. The movie wouldn't even be brought up ever again. But the fact that it's able to be brought up as like false advertising is is funny and it, yeah. So you thought you were gonna have like um, I guess like a like a, a a Who Framed Roger Rabbit or a Howard the Duck type deal where like the the animal is the sidekick and the animal can talk and whatever, and oh, it's just God. like it's it's just like a minute long dream sequence or or whatever. Um, I honestly would have accepted it had it have been they hallucinated on cactus juice. <laughs> um, but my thing is, like, if you want to see, you know, talking kangaroos in a movie, watch The Warriors of Virtue. Um, <laughs> oh, that's... you blessed saint. Thank you for <laughs> dropping that reference. Yeah, so, do you even know what I'm talking about there, Donnie? No. Okay, so you know I what? I had all I, the damn action figures. I, I'm, I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna get you in on a deal here. I finished the last Airbender live action movie one day, and then you have to watch The Warriors of Virtue. Okay. Oh, that's that. That's really not fair of a trade. <laughs> um, you know what? I I need to see Donnie's reaction to the fact that that movie was a thing that happened. Um, yeah, it's not anyway, Mandela effect. Uh, I I digest. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just I digest. But I it, it's a shame. Um, if if Michael would be on this episode. He would tell you that the movie itself, the rest of the movie at least, actually isn't that bad as like a dumb buddy comedy that's not rated R to see as a teenager. Um, I just love the story of how it it was originally supposed to be like an R-rated mob comedy. And they did a test screening of like the first rough cut. And like the only thing that got a positive response was the kangaroo scene, like the one kangaroo scene. So they were like, fuck it, we'll just make the whole movie based around that. Yeah. Listen, if you wanted to see a movie that had anything close to the semblance of that in general, and you wanted the, uh, I guess, the sidekick, if you want to call him that, 
talk and actually talk and it not be just a dream sequence, just watch Paul. <laughs> I still haven't seen that one. But... Neither have I, but I thought I'd drop the name anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Paul. <laughs> Wrong Paul, but you get credit for trying. <laughs> Oh, man. Zach, you got anything what? to add? Uh, no, I barely watched it. Like I said, it was a movie I was too poor to see, and I was so glad I was. <laughs> Dodged right. that bullet. But hey, uh, real quick, Blake, how many tubs of popcorn do you give it? I give it one tub of popcorn, but it was it was filled by the kid wearing a half-used Band-Aid, and he had a cold. I was going to say, what, do you give it like a tub of popcorn, but the tub is empty and it's just the kernels at the bottom? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, um, I, uh, I give it a, um, I give it a, an empty tub with some kernels at the bottom, um, and it was sneezed on by the neighborhood kid that wasn't vaccinated. <laughs> and a flat soda. Got it. All right, next movie. <laughs> All right, well, Zach, you said you were too poor to see Kangaroo Zach. Kangaroo, kangaroo Zach. <laughs> you know what? You caught me. I was the kangaroo all along. I was just really lazy and didn't want to act. Maybe maybe, maybe the real kangaroo was the friends we made along the made way. Made along the way. All right, next movie. I, I don't have time for this. <laughs> Let me try that joke again. Zach, you may have been too poor to see, to see Kangaroo Jack. But let's move on to a movie about a guy who can't see any movie, Daredevil. Oh, thank you so much. I was like, please make this a blind joke for Daredevil. God bless him. No, but Daredevil will kick your ass just straight up in a fight. (laughs) (laughs) Not if I bang on the trash cans really loud. Um, Yeah, but then eventually you'll have to poot at some point and he'll see it through the damn ether. (laughs) (laughs) What? 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 <laughs> he'll just teleport you. He'll just teleport behind you and be like, he'll just, <laughs> he'll just teleport behind you and be like, your vapors betray you, my son. Nothing personal, kid. Oh my god, I'm fucking going to bed. <laughs> uh, y'all can do this fucking podcast yourselves. <laughs> hey, you know what, man? That's... It's all good. I carried a team on my back. I'm still trying to, like, digest whatever you did to poo through the ether. <laughs> well, according to the rest of the story, Blake, if you haven't been paying attention, it already has been digested. It was a poot, and he saw it. Now, let's continue. Daredevil. <laughs> Daredevil, starring Ben Affleck. This movie has gotten a, not a lot of shit, but it's gotten shit over the years. Yeah, it's gotten a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it has. Comparatively to a lot of other movies, not a lot, but it has gotten its fair share of shit. And I remember watching this movie when it came out and thinking, like, it was actually pretty good. Like, I know the director's cut is much, much better, but even the yep, theatrical... I own it, and it is good. Even the theatrical cut is... Decently Decent. solid movie. Like, I still to this day don't understand why it's shit on so much. I mean, it, it's it got its goofy moments. Like, Bullseye's just a fucking stupid character in general, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. But, and especially, like, Colin, Colin Farrell. Like, yeah. 
<laughs> no, hold on, hold on, hold on. A Daredevil movie with Colin Mockery is Daredevil sounds pretty fucking dope. <laughs> it has to have Ryan Styles, or I'm not buying a ticket. He's Kingpin. But anyway. Welcome to Daredevil, where the points are made up and nothing matters. <laughs> but yeah, like they Bullseye's kind of stupid to begin with, but somehow this movie made him even dumber by making him look like he was in Judas Priest. Um, <laughs> oh, worse, worse, worse! It looks like he was a skinhead who tripped and fell at his local bar and hit his head off the gas stove. No, it it, it looks like he was punched in the forehead by Rick James with another ring. <laughs> Listen, no, no, we save the Dave Chappelle stuff for later. That will come later. And I am but, I'm I'm waited with baited I am waiting with bated breath. Oh don't worry, Pookie, we'll get there. You will be here. But fucking Michael Clark <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin was fucking awesome in this movie. I actually liked him as Kingpin. Yeah, he I mean was... to be honest, I like uh I forget what his name is. Ah, damn it. Vincent I had it and I lost it. Yeah, I love D'Onofrio a hundred percent is the kingpin in the Netflix ad- adaptation, but obviously back then didn't exist. Mm-hmm. That was a really good kingpin. Yeah, that was objectively a good kingpin. How, I mean, how we, are you going to turn your nose to, up at that? We need to establish that Michael Clark Duncan, in general, as much as he was appreciated, was still underappreciated. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Because oh, yeah. I mean, like, it, like is is fucking is as shitty as the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie was. He did the voice of Kilowog, and he was like, as soon as they announced Michael Clark Duncan was going to voice Kilowog, I'm like, there's literally no one else they could have done that would have been better yeah. than that. Um, <laughs> yep, I'm sold. Take my money. I know uh, I'll regret it later, but at least take some of my money. Yeah. <laughs> Despite so. how much shit this movie's gotten over the years, I remember like it being a pretty solid movie. I mean, like, granted, that fucking... <laughs> Fucking music video for Evanescence with Jennifer Garner midway through the movie. Okay, that—that's pretty fucking silly. But like, yeah, that, that was the only cringe moment for me as a kid. Yeah. I mean, even as a kid, before cringe was coined as a term, yeah, that was where I was like, please pick another song. This, this, this feels weird. Just, just cut this scene. Just fuck that shit. Um, it, it, okay, I'll, I'll wait my turn. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. I was just gonna say like, I was just gonna reiterate like, I remember it being a pretty solid movie. I was always a little upset it never got a sequel, but. Blake, go ahead. Well, Evanescence falls into this weird, like, gray area for me. And it's a, it's a well, I guess this is going to sound like an oxymoron. It's a negative gray area where, like, there was, <laughs> stuff, there was stuff I liked at the time that I liked it enough at the time. And as I got older, I was like, nah, nah, it, it, that's, yeah. that's, really, that's really corny. Yeah. And then there's stuff that I wasn't into as much at the time. Not saying that I wasn't into it at all or I disliked it. But I wasn't into it at all, and I grew to like it more. Like now, like I have an appreciation for like Fallout. Did somebody no, get my, broken into? No, my yeah, that wasn't me. My clumsy ass dog was sleeping under the table, and he knocked a chair oh, over. My bad. Oh, but anyway, bless. like, like, like I have, I have a, I guess, strengthened appreciation for Fallout Boy and Panic at the Disco. Um, more in other bands like that more so than I did at the time like whether it was 2003 2013 or 2000 now like evanescence does not do it for me like yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just like no yeah <laughs> um but then as far as the movie itself like 
I didn't dislike it when I saw it that one time in theaters. Um, I can say that. And it's like, as a 12-year-old going on 13-year-old kid, like, it served its purpose in that right. Um, it was entertaining to go to the theaters for two hours. And I went home and I moved on with my life. But, like, yeah. I will say, though, I wasn't like, oh, man, I can't wait to own that like I did with, like, X3 or X2, I'm sorry, X2, X-Men United or, you know, the first two Spider-Man movies. But, um, and, yeah, I hear, I hear the director's cut is better. And, Kogo, I'll let you talk about that since you actually um, have seen it. But Michael agrees, like, the director's cut's better. And um, before I give it off to you, Kogel, there's, like, something about a subplot featuring Coolio? Zach? Sorry, headphones died. <laughs> that was my B. You good? Yeah, I'm good. I, just, I, uh, <laughs> I moved and immediately unplugged it again. Okay. It, this is this is how the this is how the world works. Um, anyway, so I, I I was listening up until a point. I heard the word Coolio. Did I hallucinate? Uh, no, yeah, there's something about a subplot in the director's cut with Julio. G- Julio? Julio, yeah, right. <laughs> no, not, not Julio, not, not Bruno Mars' friend. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it, it's the part of the movie where he doesn't get the stretch and they have to go make sure he does. <laughs> um, uh, okay, I will say this, this is going to be a bit of a... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to have to coin the phrase. Um, this is going to be the sad hand job of an answer. <laughs> I did watch it. I do own it. I haven't watched it in a long time. Okay. However, I do remember that uh, there were a lot of... There, there was a lot more oomph to it because I remember comparing it to when I watched it, I think in theaters. Yeah, I think I saw it in theaters. Yeah. I compared it to no, 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 no. Back in the day, I rented it from Blockbuster. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, boy. Shout out to Blockbuster, guys. Uh, <laughs> y'all still around? Yeah. Can I rent a game? <laughs> y'all got Super Mario Party for N64? Talk about the damn movie. <laughs> but no, I remember when I watched it, when I rented it, and then when my dad eventually just went ahead and just bought the director's cut. I liked the director's cut more. It felt meatier as far as a movie goes. I know Blake will immediately go, ah, I know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it felt meatier. It felt like, ah, that's how it was supposed to be. Uh, yeah. Kind of like when you I, watch Blade Runner. Yeah. Well, the original I mean, Blade Runner. You're talking to the guy that like legitimately loves the ultimate edition of Batman versus Superman. So, yeah. Yeah. As long as you just don't mention Superman Returns. If you do, I'm gonna have to reach through this digital uh, connection and strangle you. <laughs> well, before I, you do I that, I, I don't like that movie. Before you do that, let's move on to our next movie. You mentioned it a, a minute ago, Blake. X Two, uh-huh. X Men United. Um, I remember this being like, I remember liking this a lot more than the original X Men movie, as good as it was when I was a kid. And I mean, I just also like how you know, X Two took a lot of inspiration from. Uh, another popular but kind of lesser known X-Men story um, God Loves Man Kills um, and it just 
it, it did everything better compared to the first one. And I just loved the way, like, my favorite X-Men is always, one of my favorite X-Men has always been Nightcrawler. And the way he was used in this movie was like a fucking wet dream for me as a kid. Um, yeah, I get you there. Yeah. I mean, it was just a great movie. It really expanded upon the tones of the previous movie in terms of, you know, the mutant prejudice going on in the world, in the world of this movie. Um, there's just a lot more, like, there's just a lot more heart and soul behind all the characters this time around. Um, Blake, what do you got to say about X2? I mean, it was, it, it's it's hands down better than the first movie. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's like, that's almost a fact. Um, and yeah. then um, I think I knew one guy who said all the X-Men movies suck except the first one. And I'm like, why are you weird? Um, whoa, whoa. But, but, <laughs> but he, he, also, he also, his favorite MCU movie is Thor The Dark World, so Ooh. whatever. Um, I anyway, really don't want to know the name of this person. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, X2, X-Men United was like, it was probably like the first like great superhero sequel. Um, it came out the year before Spider-Man Two, um, which was you know so X Two was Spider-Man Two before Spider-Man Two, and Spider-Man Two was the Dark Knight before the Dark Knight. Um, yeah. And then I mean like I'm sure there were people that that liked Batman Returns enough, and then you know. Um, Superman 2 is, is if people like the first one, Superman 2 is an appreciated movie, but it was still a few years. This was a few years before the Richard Donner cut approved on it, um, improved on it. Um, but, I mean, this was the first time, like, it was like, once again, hands down, the sequel surpasses the original. Um, yeah. And, and it, it was like, it, it, one of the things I said about the first X-Men movie is that more so than, like, a a, you know, summer, a theatrical summer blockbuster. The first X-Men movie feels like the, the pilot episode to a TV show. Um, and I'm so with, glad you said it like that. Yeah, <laughs> and with this, like, it, it felt like a movie. Like, yeah. it was, you know, um, it, I mean, when it ended, you're like, okay, yeah, that was, yeah, it wrapped up. You, you can tell it was wrapping up. It wasn't like, oh, wow, that, that could have gone on for another half hour. Yeah. Um, but... I mean, yeah, it's just it. Like the the one yeah. scene that's always stood out to me in that movie, that really like completely like if you need to explain to someone the synopsis of the X Men franchise as a whole, yeah, the scene where you know like what is the X Men about? The scene where Nightcrawler's talking with Mystique and he's just like, you know, I heard you could change your appearance, even your voice, and you can look like anybody. So why don't you use your power to just look normal? And she says, I shouldn't have to. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, like, the... Like I said, almost everything is improved upon in this one. And especially, like, the chemistry between um, Professor X and Magneto. Yeah. Like... You can... The, 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 there's... It's much more tangible that there is a history between these two men in this movie. Yeah. I mean, like... It's just it's it's quick. They felt and, like friends that are now pitched against each other on opposite sides. I mean, like when when they the scene when they um, gas the the glass um, jail or whatever, and and Professor X tries to escape, but it, it's futile, and he's like passing out, and then 
it's like you're like, what the fuck's going on? You know, like they're they're gassing Professor X, and then Magneto just has that moment where he screams, "You should have killed me when you had the chance!" Like that's just a fucking awesome moment. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, like obviously, like it's immense, like how Wolverine was gonna be like the mainstream favorite. Yeah. Um, and and I will say though, in hindsight, like one of its it, probably its main flaw is the flaw that, like, would go on is, like, even even in X2, when, like, it's as good as it is, Cyclops gets shortchanged so fucking bad. Um, yeah, it was a little disgusting. I mean, in yeah. all honesty, anybody who isn't Wolverine gets shortchanged to some degree in these movies. Yeah. 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 But I'll let, I'll let you go, Zach. Well, <clears throat> uh, I don't really think... You could have said it better. Uh, the only other way I could say it is the first X-Men felt a little dry. It felt like there was a substance that they were missing to it that just wasn't there. And it yeah. felt oddly bland. Like, it was still action-oriented. and it, it um, A lot of the first beginning of it was a bit slow. This one had more of an even, more of an even tempo. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, it did have a few extra characters. Uh, Nightcrawler being one of them. I was I was happy about Nightcrawler because I loved the shit out of Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. That was he was cool as shit, man. And like the fact that they were able to 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 find that one missing that one missing link in that in in their movies on the second try. Yeah. I wish it would have got it on the first try. But I'm glad that you got it in the second one, because by the third one, I know sometimes it felt like, you know, the equivalent of falling down a whole flight of stairs of how <laughs> fast everything started happening. Yeah. But, I mean, isn't that what a, you know, like, like a, a clincher to a series would be? Everything's culminating, coming together. This is a good middle half. This is the one rare moment where you put something in the microwave and the middle is actually warm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's the good part of the hot pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, if we're going in order of what I'm seeing on this list, I cannot wait for what's next. Because me and Blake, we're not going to be able to shut up. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to disappoint you guys. Oh, wow. You're changing it up. Oh, no, wow. I'm... Adding a little spice. No, I'm not changing up. I'm going to disappoint you with my fucking opinion. So <laughs> oh, well, you know, <laughs> oh, I'm glad I don't care about that. <laughs> I mean, to be Thanks, fair, you've been, doing that. you've been doing that the whole time. <laughs> you've been doing that the whole time I've known you, so whatever. <laughs> Eat my butt. <laughs> well, then why don't we move on to that topic, why don't we? We're going to talk about two movies at once here. The Matrix Reloaded and The Matrix Revolutions, since they came out in the same year. Now, oh wow, <laughs> I'm going to preface this by saying I have an interesting history with The Matrix. I did not watch The Matrix when it originally came out. I did not see The Matrix for the first time until like five or six years ago. And I didn't really care for it that much. I thought it was an okay movie. I didn't think it was an amazing movie. Like I had been told, like so many others had led me to believe over the years. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's okay, Zach. He, he acknowledges that he's literally against the entire world with this. So yeah. like, go ahead. <laughs> now, I up until this podcast, I still had not seen The Matrix Reloaded or Revolutions. I managed to watch The Matrix Reloaded for the first time today. Um, and I got to say, like, 
it is worse than the first one. Like, wow, it is so gratuitous and so self-insisting that it almost borders on self-parody. Like, really? First off, this movie could have easily been twenty to thirty minutes shorter. Those fight scenes. First off, the fight scenes don't even look like martial arts. They look like limbs randomly flailing everywhere. You well, think... that's what you get. That's what you get when you have your brain plugged into a computer. <laughs> <laughs> and also, they drag on for so fucking long. Like every single one. Like the the fight where he's like when Neo's fighting like that small army of Agent Smiths and. The highway scene. I kept looking at my fucking phone, seeing how much time had passed, just so I can get a gauge for how much time was left. They dragged for Damn, so. Damn, you fu- really hated the Burley Brawl, didn't you? They dragged for so fucking long, and they don't progress the plot at all. They look silly, not just because you know the quote-unquote martial arts look silly, and there's just exaggerated, unrealistic-looking, goofy-looking, random flips thrown in, <laughs> but also because the CGI has aged fucking horrendously it doesn't even look good by 2003 standards if in my not so humble opinion and just biting like in all honesty this movie like i mentioned in the last episode star wars episode 2 attack of the clones looks like a mid-2000s youtube video this is about on par in some of those scenes with some of that cgi it's just so silly like the whole time, I'm questioning why is it why, why do they always wear like the sunglasses with the black clothes when they're in the Matrix? Like, first off, wouldn't that make you stand out more to the fucking agents because you're all wearing a fucking uniform? And second, it just I know so many people will be like, that's just like an iconic look when you think of the movie. You think of that look, it just looks fucking silly to me. The movie is so self-insisting and so silly. It, it almost comes off as a self-parody to me. I probably could have fit in the Matrix Revolutions today, but honestly, I felt like giving my dog a bath and mowing the lawn was a better use of my time. Actually, from my opinion that I'll get to later, you were correct in that. Good job. (laughs) So that is my opinion on the Matrix Reloaded. Personally, I I mean, people thinking that the Matrix is the Wachowskis' magnum opus, I feel like is the cinematic equivalent of peaking in high school. (laughs) That being said... I'll let you guys get into it. Um, All right. Well, Let's bring I would, some positivity to this, Blake. Um, <laughs> well, first of all, I would, I'll go ahead and I'd like to bounce it to you, Zach, and then if it's okay with you, I would like for you to bounce it back. Um, all right, hey, all right, I'll do some verbal tennis. But, but we can just just talking about Reloaded for right now. Um, all right, that's my favorite. Just talking about Reloaded. As far as the runtime, Donnie. I think the one thing we can all agree on, whether you disliked it, whether you like it, I mean the brand or the uh, the Matrix in general, like Kogel and I, I think the one thing we can agree on is um, we didn't need a fucking orgy scene. Yeah, like I, that. Forgot, I forgot oh, to bring that up. You I forgot God. to bring that up. I forgot to bring that up. That's another thing, like, talking about, you know, just how this movie has so many gratuitous, self-insisting moments. Like, that is another scene that I was like, what is this adding to the plot? Like, yeah. it, it just... It just really makes the whole movie come off as like the Wachowskis were just sitting there like, yeah, it's going to have explosions and kung fu. And you know what? Fuck it. Throw a sex scene in there. Yeah. I I remember watching it. I, okay. So I remember watching it as like I was in, I think it was like maybe 14, 15. I did watch <laughs> it later, but I waited until I owned it. 
because I missed I missed that train by a day and a half, <laughs> and by day and a half I mean a few years. That's not that's not important. Um, I remember watching it when I was around fifteen ish, and I I got to that scene and I went that I mean that really didn't need to happen. Yeah, kind of bored. Mm-hmm. And then I fast forwarded, <clears throat> and then I watched it. Was it a two weeks ago or about a week ago? And I was watching through it, and I was like, yeah, all right, oh, yeah, you know, you know punch him in the face, mm, yeah, fuck his shit up, oh, yeah, got to the orgy scene. They really didn't Yeah, punch this. him in the I'm, face, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm really bored, um, let's, fuck it, let's fast forward, I, it, none of this really matters, we already know, oh, uh, uh, Trinity, I love you. Oh, I love you too, Neo. <laughs> all right, all right, back to the shooting. We get it. All right, you want to fuck. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that was the only part that I felt really unnecessary. Because it so, was already implied. So like, then why talk- did you have to go that graphic? So then talking about the rest of it, um, also, like, <laughs> it's just... Okay, yeah, yeah. Anyway, moving on from whatever the fuck <laughs> that, from whatever the fuck that scene was... Um, also, Zack Snyder did it better in Watchmen anyway. Um, but, Hallelujah! Um, I remember it was it was Super Bowl 2003, and I still... I, I had never seen The Matrix. I remember, like, a couple years prior, people would bring it up in elementary school, and my cousin brought it up, and, like, oh, yeah, it was just the first one. Oh, man, it was just such a really cool movie. It was about, like, you know... Um, machines and and whatever and um, I remember I was watching the, and I forget who played the Super Bowl so why would I even fucking remember that anyway but anyway <laughs> Super Bowl 03 and all of a sudden like the the green code starts growing down the screen and it's like and keep in mind how much like um how much like uh ad time is for for like thirty seconds I feel like it was like a minute long I don't know I'd have to confirm it but. It was like the Super Bowl spot for both the Matrix Reloaded and the Matrix Revolutions, and as a as a twelve year old kid, like I was seeing the coolest shit ever, and and I was like, what is? And I'm like, oh yeah, it's that one movie people brought up to me like a couple years ago, and my brother in law was like, oh yeah, the first one's really good. I'm really excited about the new ones coming out. It should be cool. So then I finally saw the first movie, and without getting into like the first movie too much, like. I finally watched the first movie, and it was, it was awesome. I mean, I loved it. It was, it was my favorite movie for like several years, um, and it, it's probably up there as the movies that I had seen the most growing up. Um, I remember in one year, I probably watched it at least five times, um, but then I wasn't old enough to go see Reloaded in theaters, and I had to wait until DVD. Um, and so, yeah, that's just kind of like my, my like prologue to Reloaded, like being introduced to it and everything. So Zach, I want to bounce it over to you and then I can actually get into what I thought of it. One of the things, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, I, I, I had seen, I don't remember seeing too many commercials for it. And if I did, they were really like, you know, sparse. Yeah. Sparse, you know, pronunciation. Throw it out the fucking window. Um, <laughs> I remember the hype for it wasn't actually my own. 
In fact, if I'm not mistaken, this was one of the the few things in the very beginning that me and you actually bonded over. Yeah. Because you yeah. you would you brought it to my attention, and I was yeah. like, "What is this?" Yeah. And like, I lost my shit. Like, I was yeah. like, "This is this is badass. I, I need to be a part of this. What is this? Give me give me it all." <laughs> and eventually, my parents, uh, you know, they talked, and then they eventually saved up the money, and then they got me for Christmas the ultimate, eventually, later on down the road, the Ultimate Matrix box set collection. Yeah. And I remember that night, after I played whatever video games I'd got, I sat down and watched from start to finish, the first, the second, and the third. And... Did you, like, uh, not sleep that night? <laughs> no, I... I <laughs> bruh, I rarely sleep. Especially on Christmas. There, there was way too much excitement in the air. I'll sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> but but to be fair, I will say, because I know that we're taking this slow, the shorthand version of how I saw it when I first got to, like, marathon all of it, and I was like, yeah! First Matrix, I was pumped. The second Matrix, I was like, oh! Oh my god! Please follow this up. Don't leave me on a cliffhanger. The third one, the third one was a sad hand job. <laughs> a rogue it handy. Was, uh, yeah, it was a rogue handy. It, 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 I, I wanted it. I was ready for it. I was prepared. And all of the fireworks didn't go off but one, and it was basically, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, that's that shit's depressing. I I don't like this. I really don't. And then I remember always constantly watching Reloaded. I think out of all the Matrixes, my top goes number one, Reloaded. Number two, and it's a very close number two, because you really can't beat the original, because it sets the bar for everything else, which is the Matrix. And Matrix Revolutions is, like, really way down there. It's trying. God bless it. <laughs> Someone get it. The only thing good about Revolutions was the breach of Zion. Yeah. That that like valiant fight with the mech suit dudes. Yeah. Yeah. And all the all the sentinels are just pouring through like a tidal wave and they're just pouring bullets into it. It's a hopeless fight and you're like, Oh my god, you're trying to root for the underdog and you think if you scream at the screen hard enough, they might win. Yeah. I can tell you from experience that doesn't help. Because it's already yeah. pre-recorded. <laughs> yeah. Right. I. So so again, I love the first one. I mean, it is one of my favorite sci-fi movies, science fiction movies. Um, I think the first one perfectly embodies and defines the transition of the 1990s into the new millennium. Um, I think it's just a very definitive movie. And it is it is one of the last it is one of the last movies that several other movies after it tried to emulate and tried to copy and tried to um, try to be, um, and I mean that's that that in itself like they say like imitation and parody is one of the greatest forms of flattery like how many how many different times did you see them like other people mocking the whole like bending over backwards and dodging stuff like it, it was just such a cultural thing um 
and then you know without turning this into a giant interview or a giant review of the first movie reloaded while fun at the time and having cool fight scenes it is not the first movie like it does not surpass the first movie in my opinion um and then i'm i want to take a wild guess at a part that probably really pissed you off donnie um probably a part that maybe cheapened it reloaded like a movie a like a theatrical release motion picture the movie itself ends with fucking text saying to be concluded dot 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 yeah um like i remember when i even even when i was so pumped and hyped even seeing that i was like did they really just put that at the end of a movie <laughs> yeah um, no i i feel the way too i try yeah, to overlook I mean, it I'm sorry, like, that just cheapens it so much, because, like, this is trying to be, like, the R-rated Star Wars of its time, and, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, again, it, it probably, if you, if you, uh, make all the slow motion normal speed, the movie's probably only, like, 90, 80 minutes, um, <laughs> and, and, yeah, like, we didn't need the orgy scene, um, I still think the 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 Beerly Brawl is cool. Um, oh my I'm, god! I'm sure like I'm sure like the CGI of them copying Hugo Weaving's face on all those stunt doubles probably doesn't look the best right now. Um, but I mean, it's I think that is a very interesting point you brought up, Donnie, about how sometimes the martial arts is them just doing wacky waving inflatable arm tube men. Yeah. Um, and, and then also, like, why do they dress so obviously if they're trying to hide from the agents? I think that's actually a really funny critique. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my thoughts on Reload is that it's cool in a way. It's funny because Richard Roper, actually, like, who is, like, one of the biggest movie critics after Roger Ebert, he legit thinks the Reloaded is better than the first one, which is surprising. Um, but, yeah, it's, I don't know. And then with Revolutions, um, not getting too far into it because I don't want to stretch this podcast out too much. Donnie, if you feel the way you feel about Reloaded, Revolutions legit gives you the middle finger and spits in your eyeball. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. it. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's a letdown, but, like, not like a – serious letdown, but, like, when they bring you all the way up from the first... When they start bringing you up with the first movie, and then they, like, try to, like, eject you into the stratosphere with the second, they let you fall back down to Earth with the third. Yeah. Um, it's... I don't even know what... It's just not good. Um, and in a way, I'm kind of glad they're making a fourth movie as a way of apologizing for it. But then also I'm thinking, like, what could the fourth movie possibly be about in a way? Um, so that'll be interesting to see, I guess. But, but yeah. So, so yeah, without stretching out too much, that, that was just... I mean, it, we've, co- we've seen what happens when uh, random sequels try to apologize for previous installments. It's called X-Men Days of Future Past. Yeah. Yeah. So... Exactly. Unless you had anything else to say, that was basically all I gotta say. All I gotta say is every time I every time I would talk to people who really liked the Matrix, and I would be like, I think my favorites Reloaded. I'd, I'd get stares, and I'm like, look at me like that, bitch. I'll die on this hill. 
Plus, I think we'll get to talk about it a little bit more later in video games. Yeah, so that, that's literally go. all I have to say. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Donnie, I, I give it back to you, Donnie. All right, well, we'll move on to our next movie of 2003. A fun one from Pixar, Finding Nemo. Um, I've seen this movie a couple times. As far as Pixar movie goes, this is like middle tier for me. I always thought it was decent. Um, yeah. I don't have any like strong opinions on it one way or the other i think it's a decent movie i think uh ellen degeneres kind of like holds the whole movie together as dory yeah. i've never seen finding dory i still oddly enough it. doesn't drive it away like the rest of her workers oh wow <laughs> <laughs> but i remember this this period kind of being a little like slower for pixar because this was around the time where you also had like cars which i'm not a fan of and then the incredibles which i'm also not a huge fan of um, I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan of Mrs. Incredible's ass, but I mean, that's that's about as far as that goes. Oh please, I was really praying to God we weren't going to go here. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. <laughs> that ass edible. Call her Miss Incredible. Oh Jesus! I I I I have to get off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Next movie. <laughs> oh. What do you guys remember about Finding Nemo? All I remember is touch the butt and shark bait ooh ha ha. What is it? What is it with you and Pixar and butts? <laughs> I don't know. What is it with Pixar and butts? They oh. always make the moms hella thick. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't believe me, people have made screenshot for screenshot of different characters. There is scientific proof. The truth is out there. We have to seek it. <laughs> Calm down. Vote or die, y'all. <laughs> I, um, anyway. <laughs> Donnie, it's, it's oh, interesting. Man. It's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting that you bring this up as like, well, you know, your personal opinion that it's just, it's just okay to you and it's mid-tier for you. Um, for a lot of people, this is their favorite one, actually. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely yeah. a fan favorite, um, and for the longest time it was, and um, and yeah, I, I agree with you that um, that Ellen DeGeneres really holds it together and drives it. Out. I mean, so much so that her character is the sequel. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, I mean, to be fair, I mean, I was joking around. I mean, I, I remember more about that movie than what I said, but oh, I thought you were going to apologize for all the butt stuff. <laughs> Oh no! I, I never no, apologize I'll, for as I, as I said previously, I'll die on that hill. Um, He'll die on those buns. Oh yeah, nah. It'll be a nice place to sit down and <laughs> ponder the day's thoughts. I need you um, to stop. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, no, yeah, I totally agree with you in that. It, this was a lot of people's favorite out of. Can you actually call it the Pixar lexicon? Is 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 that a is that a good way of saying it? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to use that term, and if someone corrects me later, they can kiss my ass. Um, there you go again with butts. <laughs> I think you're looking too far into it. As I remember, you once told me only the hungry look. No <laughs> <laughs> uh, <the>, what? <laughs> well, getting back to the actual topic. And I and and, and I uh, I close out my statement. It was a good movie. I can't really find too much fault 
and it, it was to make kids happy. What more do you want? That's that's fair. Yeah. Well, then let's move on to our next movie. Oh boy. Can we even call this a movie? The Room. No. No, it's a strange, it's a strange, uh... It's a strange fucking malaria dream. It's a strange. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. The room. I just, I just, I just love that, you know, we're doing this tonight so I can imagine James Franco in my voice going, wow, happy birthday. <laughs> the room, not so much a movie as much as just a series of moving memes. Oh, God. Oh, my God, this movie is just the butt of so many jokes and it's just so like it's almost impossible to sit through like as, as hi doggy yeah <laughs> oh hi doggy it's you know i've always when it comes to the room and, and just specifically tommy was and then you just end that sentence right there <laughs> yeah <laughs> next movie <laughs> i've always said that I have seen movies, you know, I've seen plenty of movies where Americans try to act like foreigners to not much success. I've seen movies where foreigners try to act like Americans to not much success. This was the first time I saw a movie where a fucking alien tried to act like a human being to not much success. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, that's accurate. I refuse to believe that Tommy Wiseau is, is of this planet. Like... Honestly, I heard a theory that makes a lot of sense. He's actually one of the first government-sanctioned AIs. And he is, he's literally one of those culminations of, I had a computer watch, like, 500 Olive Garden commercials and had it write its own. <laughs> Why Olive Garden? I don't know. It's, um, hey, listen. It's the called improv. breadsticks, son. Oh, hey, I love sitting here at Olive Garden. All these soup and breadsticks <laughs> makes me really, really happy. Uh, it never ends. Oh, and here comes the entree. Oh, uh, thank you, waiter. <laughs> Hi, Tommy. You're always here, and I'm happy about it. <laughs> Come to Olive Garden. You'll be happy. You'll be family. <laughs> what the fuck is this episode? <laughs> Listen, at the beginning before he re started recording, I said, we are the poster childs for Ridlin. You for said Adderall. Adderall. Oh my that god, Adderall. his ADHD so bad he forgot his medication. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, between, between... Bob was listening. God, yeah, now I'm flustered. Between fucking Tommy Wiseau being an AI, Mrs. Incredible's ass... <laughs> The Matrix reload, um, the Matrix Revolutions being a letdown, and the the fucking like space shuttle crashing. I am very confused at this point. I am running on fumes. Um, <laughs> oh, those fumes happen to be a poot through the ether. Yeah, that only Daredevil can see, and that's how that's that's what gives you away. That that was your kryptonite. Oh man. Um. Go ahead, Blake. Talk about the room. I mean, with all due respect to our own show, what more is there to say about it that hasn't been said in the last few years, really? But it's it, it, there's not much to you can't really talk about the room for just this is one of those. Okay, wow. Um, <laughs> you need glass water there, bud. Bob's listening. Um, 
one thing Bar- that I think one thing that I think you need to credit the room for is you almost can't talk about it for just a couple minutes. Once you start talking about it, you really need to allow yourself to talk about it for like a while. Yeah. Um, There's like so what so, you're saying is like it's a philosophical journey. No, it's more like there's you watch it, you're just like, I have so many questions, and they all begin with why. Um, it's, it's, but yeah, it's like, Tommy Wiseau, he's not a foreigner trying to be American, he's not an American trying to be foreign, he's a, he's an, he's trying to be human the whole time. He's an um, android trying to learn humanity, like Data from Star Trek. Um, so, <laughs> I, I it's and it spawned so much stuff. I mean, it just spawned. It, it, it spawned the disaster. I honestly artist like book. the sequel. What's the sequel? The disaster artist. It answers oh. a lot of those questions of why. And as as good as did you ever see the disaster artist movie, Zach? Listen, listen. My roommate Mark Rose, aka Youngblood, he sat me down one night and said, "We're gonna watch the disaster artist. I owe it to you to show you the disaster artist." And I went. All right, fine. And I sat down, I watched it, and I went, this answers only half of the questions I have. Well, and the problem with that is, like, in, in an age where, and I, I hate to skip ahead to a movie that came out in 2017, but in an age when a lot of movies suffer from being too long, that movie's too short. Like, yeah. it, it, it ends way too soon. Yeah. And they cut out too much of it. Like, there's an entire chapter dedicated to the filming of the flower shop scene. Yeah. And oh, and it's, it's where he questions he questions whether or the, not the dog is real. Yeah, he asks if it's yeah, and and it is such a popular segment of the book that it is used as the preview for the audiobook. It is the the sample chapter on um online that you can listen to on like Amazon or whatever like play a segment of the book. Um so yeah, they cut out like what was basically the trailer for the book, and yeah, the movie's too short. Um, as good as it is, and but yeah, I mean, anyway, how is your sex life? <laughs> Funny story, Blake. So anyway, about the next movie. <laughs> I told you it's confidential. <laughs> oh, well, Mark, it seems like you're the expert. Anything for my little princess. <laughs> That, that part, honest to God, that part made me cringe so hard. Remember? Oh God! Remember when they announced that they were going to re-release the movie in 3D, and Tommy Wiseau just tweeted, "Very soon, you will all be very close to my bottom." <laughs> <laughs> I did. I missed that. Yeah. Again, I don't really, I don't really ponder the Twitterverse. Oh, it's it's a it's a hole. Yeah. Actually, I was gonna say it's like a dumpster fire. No, it's it's got some holes. <laughs> so does Swiss cheese, but people still love that shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's move on to our next movie, Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines. Jeez. We can go to the next movie. No, we're going to talk <laughs> about this movie. God damn it! Oh God, I don't want to bring up trauma. <laughs> I remember being a kid, and I just remember this movie being announced, and I remember everybody losing their shit at first because, like. Terminator 1, big deal. Terminator 2, even bigger deal. And because was, it was a good movie. Right. <laughs> Instant classics. Mm-hmm. Like, I will still say to this day, Terminator 2 is, like, so frustratingly close to being a 10 out of 10 that, like, it makes you angry that it's not. 
Um, yeah, that's accurate, actually. Terminator or to th- me, at least. And I remember Terminator 3. I still haven't seen Terminator 3, um, just because of, you know, general reviews. Um, but I remember Terminator 3, when it was announced, everybody would be like, holy fuck, Terminator's back. Uh, I remember when it came out, nobody was happy about it. <laughs> no. <clears throat> um, it was like just seeing a mass example of pure disappointment and being let down was is my memory of it. What about you guys? So, yeah, I'm a little I mean, go first. <laughs> in a in a way. In a way, I'm glad that Terminator 3 exists because I'm one of the people that actually like Terminator 4. Um, and and when people are like, people are like, oh, the one with Christian Bale, really? I'm able to say, listen, Terminator 3 makes Terminator 4 look Oscar worthy. Um, I mean, if if T2 Judgment Day is a excellent display of, you know, um, fireworks, then Terminator 3 is that prankster in the neighborhood trying to, like, you know, do a gag by farting into a Coke can, but he accidentally cuts his butthole on the can. And and he hasn't had his... Hold up, what what kind of pranks are fucking kids in your neighborhood doing? (laughs) They were only the highest of class of lowbrow. And, and he and he hasn't had his tetanus shot yet, and it, it sends his grandmother into a panic, and she runs through the sliding glass door and forgets that it was closed. <laughs> Blake, 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 is there something you want to tell us? Kogel, you go ahead. Oh, why do you got to do this to me? I thought she was my friend. <laughs> all right. I... All right, so Terminator 3 was one of those movies that... A lot of the time, I really didn't keep up with movies. Most of the time, I actually relied on Blake to be, like, the town crier to me. Uh, a lot of the time, I vetted... You know, I'm, I'm honest to God serious, as funny as you may find that. I vetted what movies usually were good and weren't good. Or what was worth seeing, I think, was the best way of saying that. What was really worth seeing, through Blake coming up to me and, like hysterical happiness going, dude, this movie is amazing. And I'd be like, all right, damn, I gotta see that shit then. I heard nothing about Terminator 3. I barely even knew, like, I knew there was a third one. That's all I knew. And then one day I was surfing the TV channels and I happened upon, it was like TNT or I don't know. It was it was one of the, you know it was one of like the TNT TNN or whatever they evolved into, mm-hmm. and I caught a glimpse of it and I was like, oh wow, this must be Terminator Three. And I sat there and I watched and I went, now I know why it's on television. And I changed <laughs> the channel. I yeah. didn't like it. I think the only somewhat redeeming part of it that seemed cool to me was the part where he shoved John Connor and I think. The, his love interest into a coffin and carried them on his shoulder while he held a Gatling gun aloft and just just mowed somebody down. I wasn't even paying attention at that point. That was it. And maybe I gotta rewatch it. I'll at least buy some cheap booze and sit down and give it a try. 
But from what I remember, ugh, that was um, that wasn't your best robot flick, was it? This was this was the end of the decade where there were more bad blockbusters than good ones. I blame um, the war. <laughs> oh, <you> fuck. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, next movie: Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black Pearl. Now, I remember. Oh like, God! I remember seeing this movie, and I remember like just initial thought to this movie was like it's. Very different than, you know, your typical Disney movie. And I just remember, like, I just remember this movie being just so fucking fun and just so cool. And, I mean, Johnny Depp, as Captain Jack Sparrow, is just like an instant, like, classic cinema character. I mean, I don't think, you know, there's talk of them rebooting the series. I don't think they're ever going to find, like, they, if they do, if they do, they need to, like, make a whole new character and everything because they're not going to top Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow, at least in terms of, you know, how iconic he is as that character. It's just a fun, cool movie. And at the same time, despite that, you didn't really expect it to launch the franchise that it did. I mean, like, we're now, like, what, five movies in with a possible sixth one, maybe? Nobody knows for sure right now, but, I mean, I just remember it being a really fun movie. What, What about you, Blake? I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it was the return of, like, it was the return of, like, an adventure blockbuster, and a blockbuster just being fun, for the sake of being fun. Um, It wasn't trying to do some, like, heavy-handed, like, narrative, or, um, you know, like, man versus machine, or, you know, there was a lot of sci-fi going on at the time. And as much as I love the genre of sci-fi, it's very hit and miss. Um, and but yeah, it was just nice seeing like a fun adventure movie that like it was what it was, and you could follow it, and you didn't need to like you know you didn't need to go into this philosophical phase of like trying to understand it. Um, and Jack, you know, Johnny Depp is what he was doing. It was so. I mean, it worked out so well for him. He decided to just do that for every movie after that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we that was like that was really the start of Johnny Depp just doing the same thing for the next like almost twenty years. Um, so yeah, Zach. Uh, so I remember I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna really just bring this to the head of the conversation for the second. A lot of these movies I saw after the fact, so you're going to get a, a unique perspective. Okay. But um, Pirates of the Caribbean, I didn't see it in theaters. However, my uh, my family got together, uh, I think, did we rent this? No, we. that was when Netflix sent you shit through the mail. <laughs> Whew, I feel like I need an AARP card. Um, <laughs> but uh, we, we rented it. And we watched it. I liked it. I really did. Blake hit the nail on the head. It was good. Just, just, just good, simple fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the equivalent of how some people, you know, just like a simple video game where they just blow shit up from a long day's work. They come home. They sit down. All they want to do is have a little bit of fun, innocent little bit of fun. That's what that movie was. It was that I just want to see a cool adventure with explosions and a little bit of intrigue and, you know, a wacky main character with, you know, some, you know, dubious intentions and 
that's what it did. It did what it says on the tin. That's rare you see a movie that does what it says on the tin. Now, funny story. I think you'll appreciate this. My mom's not a fan of action movies, apparently, and it is very, very, like, very true. Action movies actually put her to sleep. <laughs> she fell asleep about halfway through this movie. And when the credits were rolling, we all looked at each other, and I was like, damn, that was actually really good. My dad's like, yeah, it was really good. My sister's like, yeah, it was okay. My sister's not a fan of action, too, but she doesn't fall asleep during it. And we all looked at my mom, and my mom was like, ow. My mom, huh? What'd you think? You think what? The movie. Oh, did, did they find the necklace? <laughs> what, what necklace? You, you know, the, the black pearl. Did they find the necklace? <laughs> and we all looked at each other and had a heart attack. I, I remember... As much as I like this movie, and as fun as I guess everybody agrees it is, my dad loves this movie. And I remember when he, he took me to see it at the Frostburg Theater, and he just had a blast with it. And he loved it so much, he was like, he told the rest of our family to go see it. Like, you would have thought he was like, I don't know, trying to like, he, he was a producer on it. But <laughs> um, I remember he was like, he took my pop to it, um, and for everyone listening, that was my mom's dad, and he was like so excited to take him to see it because my pop, you know, saw like the the, the old Robin Hood movies, like Earl Flynn and all that, and he was so excited uh, to take him. My pop yeah, fucking, my pop fucking hated it, and he thought, <laughs> really? He thought he thought it was so dumb. He thought it was like really just weird, um, and. Uh, and he was like, yeah, that Johnny Depp in that movie, he was a weird asshole. <laughs> and and I remember, like, he, he was just like, yeah, he was just roasting the whole movie. And then it was like, before we do it, it was like Thanksgiving. And he and my dad were still disagreeing on this. And my dad was, like, really advocating for it being, like, the return of the fun summer adventure. And I remember my Uncle Regis, who is my mom's um, brother, born one year to the day after her. He was like, I just have a question. If, if, uh, if all the bad pirates couldn't be killed, then what was the point in even fighting them? And he just walks out of the room. <laughs> it just, I remember this movie caused just such a, such a big civil war in my family over whether or not it was amazing or whether or not it was just fucking whatever. Um, wow! <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was so controversial with the Joneses. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, there was a lot of hurt feelings over this movie. Hmm. So, mm. well, on that note, let's move on to our next movie, Freddy versus Jason. <clears throat> now, I bring this. I, I brought this movie up for this episode because I feel like this movie was the one that, like, this was the definitive death of like the slasher movie genre and the slash, like the slasher killer genre. Um, Cause I remember this movie being announced and I remember like these movies like Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees. These were like the, the movies that like my parents grew up with. And I remember this movie being announced and like my parents and people, my parents age being like, Holy fuck. They're, you know, putting those two in the same movie. That's fucking awesome. And it came out and it was like, it was. It just was like, it didn't bring anything new to the table. And I mean, like, keep in mind, like, both Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare and Nightmare on Elm Street were, you know, pretty lackluster for a long time before this movie even came out. 
which is part of the reason why this movie spent so long in developmental hell. But I just remember, like, you know, this movie came out, and there was no reason this movie couldn't have been fucking awesome. Like, it was the original version of, like, fan service. And it just it it just was. There was nothing new to it. And, like, it's called Freddy vs. Jason, but they don't even really, like, fight each other until, like, the final act of the movie. Um, and it's not even much of a conflict, in all honesty. And ever since this movie, like, the slasher genre hasn't really, like... They keep trying to bring it back, but it doesn't really, you know, get a foothold. The only, like, slasher genre movies that really do well anymore are ones that are making fun of the genre more than anything. And, I mean, recently we had the the reboot of Halloween, which was a good movie, but that's because it basically said fuck off to all the sequels um, and brought the, the franchise back to its roots. But, I mean, like, yeah, ever since this movie... I, I feel like this was the death of like the 80s slasher genre. Um, what do you guys think? Well, I uh, um, oh, you go ahead, Zach. Oh, no, no, no. I know exactly what I'm going to say. You, you go right on ahead. <laughs> well, you know, I think like the new Halloween actually does do a good job at trying to bring it back. And then you mentioned movies that are almost parodying it. Um, the the first, I didn't see the second one and I heard it was whatever. Um, Happy Death Day is actually really good for what it is. Um, just to just to put that out there, but um, I mean Freddy versus Jason, I, I I've never seen it. Um, I've only seen like a scene here and there on like um, you know AMC or you know just whatever whatever um, during the day whatever whatever um, basic cable network it would have been on, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, as far as it being lackluster or underwhelming, my honest-to-God question is what could have really been expected in all realism and honesty is, like, the, the film itself is a gimmick. Um, it's, it's... Versus movies just don't work for the most part. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you have... Predator. Yeah, if you have verses in your title, that's almost like a kiss of death. Yeah, and probably, I mean, as divisive of a film it is, like probably the best versus movie is Batman versus Superman. Um, and even then, we go again. And, <laughs> and and even then, even then, you have half the people who talk about it hate it. Um, so yeah, this is it's just like you can't have a movie with verses in the title and have it be universally praised. Um. So yeah, um, and I know the final shot or the ending or whatever is is Jason holding up Freddy's head and he just like winks at the camera or whatever. And, and I remember okay. Michael, and I remember Michael's dad just having um, the, the basic question where it's like, well, what the fuck would happen next? What Freddy gonna do? Lick him to death? Like <laughs> just so I mean yeah, I mean it's 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 a gimmick movie that that you know suffered a a gimmick's end. But go ahead, Zach. Well, to be fair, I didn't even see this movie. Quite frankly, <laughs> I didn't even care. <laughs> I, as a kid, was never really concerned about slasher movies. I didn't even give a shit. <laughs> I, I thought it was cool that they would pit, you know. The way I saw it as a kid, you know little kid was cool they pit a legend against a legend it's like one of those classic you know greek epics or you know insert cool story from the past kind of thing it's cool what if 
and then I didn't give a shit about seeing it. I was just like, good for you guys. I'm glad you have something that makes you happy. <laughs> but to uh, to counter one, at least give at least one counterpoint to what Donnie mentioned, there's at least one good slasher that I actually liked, and you guys actually sat me down, be like, you got to see this at least. And I was like, okay, all right. And I liked it, which was uh, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. That was good. I liked that one. It was decent. I really did. It was, it was really cool. But other than that, I had heard some dumb things about Freddy vs. Jason. And the fact that it feels niche talking about it should give you all you need to know about that movie. Fair enough. Also, to be very fair to something Blake said, and I actually have my computer in front of me here. Let me look something up. Uh, He's hacking in. <laughs> yeah, I'm hacking the, I'm hacking the system. Uh, Alien versus Predator. I'm one of those very few people who will actually defend the shit out of that movie. Okay. And... And it's it, it, it's a year off from the uh, the time frame that we're talking about. This is two thousand three ish. This movie was oh four. Mm-hmm. I actually did like the. Uh, I guess you could consider this like a sci fi horror slasher, in a way, because mm-hmm. technically it yeah. has all the. Yeah, it's basically like a slasher dreamed up by a nerd, which yeah, I'll, I'll raise my hand. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring those two together. But, um... Uh, yeah, I... I loved Alien vs. Predator. Um, I liked how the story flowed. It really seemed like they were reaching to, to create the story. But, I mean, I liked it. Quite frankly, it, it kind of boils down to the idea of if you really think the story is coherent and you really got enjoyment out of it, then what more does this thing need to be? Fair enough. Yeah. Well, then let's move on to our next movie, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. (laughs) The conclusion of a trilogy that fucking everybody paid to go see. Um, I mean, I always enjoyed Return of the King. Uh, The Two Towers is always my favorite of the trilogy, but Return of the King was definitely a cool fucking movie. Um, That that final scene, like all the scenes in, in Mordor near the end of the movie, just fantastic. The, uh, set design of like Gondor and all that just so so well done and you know that end scene game before it was end game yeah it really was like that scene yeah. that scene you know when Frodo final, when the ring falls into Mount Doom and the tower of Sauron's like crumbling and you just see like the whole the fighting on the on the planes just like stops and just like everybody's looking to the horizon with tears in their eyes like that's that's a fucking iconic image in cinema. Yeah. Um, what do you guys got to say about Return of the King? I think that's a pretty good way of wording it. It's Endgame before Endgame. Um, yep. It, it's it's arguably still better than Endgame. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. The, the, they're, they're not to be compared. It's meant to kind of say, you know, they did it to show that the other is totally possible. It's kind of like it, they um, paved the way. None of them are better than each other. They broke ground in different ways. Yeah. Um, and, um, but yeah, I mean, Fellowship's probably my favorite, but 
Um, return is probably the best. And, like, it's... When people bring up, like, oh, sequels are always hard, sequels are never good, sequels are never as good as the first one, sequels usually suck, um, they're really talking about the third movies because there's so many times when the part two um, was... Uh, was successful and did surpass and was superior. Um, but, I mean, almost never does the third film satisfy. And this is one of the few good third movies. Um, and, I mean, it, it's one of the few movies to be nominated for that many Oscars and win all of them. Um, I mean, it's just such a great success all around. And, I don't know, I, I kind of... I don't know, it's... I kind of wish there would be another movie like it that, like, everybody liked it, but it was also legitimately good, and it actually went to the Oscars. It was it was just really cool that Best Picture was a movie that everybody actually saw, yeah. you know, which which doesn't happen often. Yeah. Um, yeah, now it's just basically Oscar bait for the sake of Oscar bait. Hey, did you see this? It's so artsy kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, like, that's how I always see it. It feels very off-putting. Like, so many, so many things for the past several years, I'm like, and I understand this doesn't make them good nor bad, but it, it almost gets annoying after a while where it's like, nobody fucking saw that. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it was just, it was just really cool that, like, there was just, there was just a movie that everybody saw and everybody loved. Um, so, yeah, Zach? I mean, what else is there really to say? It was the, well, oh, no, there is one thing I can say. Uh... We're talking about trilogies. Let's let, let, let's let's travel a little bit back up the uh, the list here. We talked about a trilogy previously: Matrix Reloaded, Revolutions. Um, they couldn't pull off the you know <laughs> the seven 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 on a slot machine. Yeah, it was more like seven seven bar. <laughs> <laughs> This one, on the other hand, this one gave you three straight sevens and sent you straight to the ca the cash out with like a thousand bucks. It it tied up everything that needed to be tied up, and it closed it out. The only thing that I mean, a lot of people will get picky about is, well, there were certain things that didn't happen in the book. There are certain things that didn't happen in the movie that happened in the book. We get that. There are listen, if you really want this to be an eight-hour movie, by all <laughs> means, you can make that. Go talk. Go, go to New Zealand and shoot it yourself. <laughs> but, but to me, it it was everything I needed it to be, and that's that's all I could ask for. All right. Well, then let's move. God, on. I find myself saying that a lot. <laughs> well, then let's move on it's to. Like the... Shut up! <laughs> oh, I'm sorry! Let's move on to the last movie of the night, Big Fish. Oh, oh God. This is a very different kind of Tim Burton movie in the sense that it has a lot of color going on. Um, <laughs> I mean, Big Fish, is, it, it's a good movie. It's a good, like, warm, heartfelt movie with a lot of soul in it. I think yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a lighter movie. It just happens to have one lighter shade of blue in the palette. <laughs> But I also just feel like there's a lot of... It, it's a movie that a lot of people can relate to. Just, uh, you know, sitting down with your with your old man as he tells his life story kind of deal. Um, Salisbury Hill plays in the background. Yeah. Um, Blake, I know you're going to have some stuff to say about Big Fish. Why don't you go ahead? 
He was it's, the one who introduced it to me. Same. It's it's one of my favorite movies. It's 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 probably in my top ten. Um, definitely in my top like twenty. Um, but um, and I understand that that maybe sounds like backhanded or downgrade, but it's like I love a lot of movies. Um, but it's it's hands down my favorite Tim Burton movie. Um, I'm not a Tim Burton fanboy at all, but mm-hmm. and I, I think this is such a great example of you know how he he could do other stuff. He could do so much more, and and this was kind of, you know this was released you know in between episode two and episode three of the prequel trilogy. This helped prove that like Ewan McGregor can be so much more than just young Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Um, and I mean it's just. It's a perfectly cast film. Um, I guess it's weird how um, it's a shame that like the the girl, um, not Jessica Lange, you know, who plays the wife older, but I mean, um, the actress who plays um, the love interest younger, um, she didn't really go on to do much else after this. I think I saw her in one other thing, and that was Drag Me to Hell. Um, which is weird, but wow. yeah, it, it was a shame that she didn't really go on to, you know, do more and be, become bigger. That, that kind of sucks. I, I hate seeing that. I hate seeing someone, they did well in one thing and it was like, oh yeah, you know, I have to look out for them. And then you just don't see them as much again. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a beautiful movie. It's, uh, I'm not going to dance around it. Like the ending makes me cry almost every time. Um, it's, it's. It's it's a near perfect movie, honestly. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. I'll, I'll leave it at that for me. Zach, I really don't think there's anything else I have to say. He pretty much hit the nail on the head because I think the first time I ever watched it, I think we were at I think Trevor's grandmother's house. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, we were all we all piled in front of the the TV in the living room, and you were like you haven't seen this movie, right? I'm like, no, that's why I'm here. And you popped it in, and, uh, I mean, I couldn't find anything wrong with it. It was really good. Yeah. Simple. All right, well, then, that takes care of movies. Let's move on to TV of 2003. We're not going to talk about the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? We must talk about the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Do we have I, I, Do we have I, to? I was just kidding. It's a I good just... movie. No, it's not. <laughs> It's a fun movie. No, it's not. But, I liked it. But it's that or holes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't want to drag this podcast. Then go ahead to TV, Donnie. I'm sorry. All right. We're going to go on to TV. TV shows that started in 2003. Oh, boy. <laughs> First one. It's a favorite of all three of us, and we're going to have a lot to say about it. Chappelle Show. <laughs> oh, my God. This fucking show. This, this show is one of the cornerstones of our humor. Yeah, hands down. like, oh, my fuck. Like, Dave Chappelle is the greatest of all time. Like, as a comedian, as a comedian to another comedian, Chappelle is the greatest of all time. Um, and this fucking show, I, that first fucking episode, when it premiered, and he had that skit with Clayton Bigsby, the blind black man who was a KKK member. First fucking episode. I remember watching that and thinking, well, this show's probably not going to last long. <laughs> he started off strong. Oh, my God, he did. And 
I mean, there's just so many bits and characters. Like Tyrone Biggums is just like, <laughs> God, ba- basically, if every sketchy part of downtown just became a living person. Um, oh God! And then, of course, there one of my favorite bits that like still fucking almost breaks my ribs every time is the bit where he's talking about how like slow motion makes things cooler. Oh God! And he's just like, here's a here, here's a video of me taking a shit. Now let's watch that shit again in slow motion. And he just like fucking rockets off the toilet and the back of the toilet just like blows the fuck up. Which, that's another thing. I always had a deep, I always had a deep love and appreciation of Chappelle's love and appreciation for poop jokes. Like, (laughs) the fucking Tyrone Biggums bit where they're doing like the opening theme song for him. And it just shows him like squatting in the the fucking alley and it's just like a fucking melted Twix bar. Um, and then just like, you don't tell nobody I'll kill you. Yeah. Fucking, oh, it's such a great show. Such great humor. Um, unfortunately, it was too, it, it was too good for its own good. Um, because no, of course, Comedy Central killed it itself. Well, it shot itself in the foot. Well, to be fair, the audience was also fucking stupid because, I mean, we all know the, you know, the Rick, the, the classic Rick James bit. And, the, the popularity of the show, like, killed Dave Chappelle's spirit. <laughs> like, I remember him doing shows, stand-up shows at this time, and the audience, like, heckling him and interrupting his set to shout, like, Rick, I'm Rick James, bitch, Adam. And, like, it just got to the point to where, like, because of this show and because of, like, just how big it got, Chappelle fucking disappeared for, like, over a decade. Like, this show ended in 2006... And we didn't see him again until, like, 2016. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this show's just, like, a fucking classic. There's so many bits that... I mean, easily one of the best, like, bits of all time is fucking two, the, the bit with Tupac. Um, George W. It can't, can't be, be true. true. <laughs> what the fuck is that? It might be doo-doo. Doo-doo. <laughs> Like, Actually, one of the one of the first things that comes to my mind when we're bringing up Chappelle's show for some reason is, hell yeah, suck toes. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Pop Copy. How may I help you? Like it's just such. Hey, a... you know, I'm, I want to prove a point. I don't care if I go back to Rikers. I'll go back to Rikers. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Can I help you? Oh, ma, shut up. (laughs) You know, that is one thing about that show that really made me sad. You mean to tell me you were able to get away with Clayton Bigsby, and yet you couldn't get away with the time haters? I call bullshit. (laughs) Apparently nobody else likes slave owners getting shot except me. (laughs) I I actually (laughs) said out loud the day I saw that episode... I think it's funny. I, I really did. All right, first, all right, first off, notice how shitty the wig is. <laughs> Second, notice how I look nothing like Nelson Mandela. I think Mr. Mandela scored some of my drugs. You think Mandela don't know? <laughs> just such a great fucking show, and just a fucking classic of a show. He created quotable... Bangers. Like, Left every joke just was one fucking after banger. the other. One after the other. Like, the, uh, you can really use, or, I don't know, how, how would it be a better way of saying it? You can really use as a testament 
to how iconic what he created or what he helped create or, you know, just the creation of it in general, how iconic it was by just saying a simple phrase and, like, immediately starts, like, a Manchurian candidate secret soldier moment in somebody. Mm-hmm. All you gotta do is say, you know, I'm Rick James, bitch! Mm-hmm. And they immediately, one, know what you're talking about. Two, they laugh their ass off. And three, they try to quote the next part. Like, I know you got some stuff to say. Go ahead. I wonder what Arsenio's doing right now. <laughs> probably probably <laughs> at a wine and Shaw? cheese party. He's probably at a wine and cheese, probably, and talking about how good the cheese is. Mmm, god damn, this is some good-ass cheese! <laughs> oh, man, probably he's probably really... angry that no one told him the cheese was that good. Hey, how come you didn't tell me how good the cheese was, motherfucker? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you said you said what? I, where do I even start? Yeah, just you know what? This is what I'm talking about. My boy Ronald is bad, bad, so trifling. Um, so trifling. My, my shut up, bro. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's, it's. It's such a it's lazy. It's the little things. Like, yeah. It's such. It's such a lazy joke, but it's still hilarious because it's just like in the writers' room, they were like, "Hey, you know, it'd be great if he just <laughs> farted on her next." <laughs> <laughs> and it's still, it's still yeah. funny. And it's like, God. I mean, you have and, and him shooting the slave owner. Several, I love how he had to keep showing it. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like. Boom. He's like, oh, I'm getting away with it? Cool, I'm going to milk this for all it's worth. But just just the little grunt that he makes, like, boom, uh, boom, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then um, they're, they're bringing even a gate. <laughs> Your mama got one big titty and one little titty. Call the bitch Biggie Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> they even they even have gay landscapers ass titties, titties ass, and titties. ass and titties. I laughed we, so hard when I first saw can, that I cried. Can we see that guy again? <laughs> oh. Of course, there's also there's also the fucking the ultimate classic. Like, come on now, what am I gonna do? Is jump up on Eddie's couch and just start grinding my feet for no reason? Come on, I don't do I things just to do it. I got more sense than that. Yeah, I remember grabbing What'd my feet on Eddie's couch. <laughs> do you remember why you did it? Because he could buy another one, and then it does, it does, it does the instant rewind. I had, I didn't just do things just to do them. I had a little more sense. Come on now, what am I just gonna start grabbing my feet up? Grabbing on my feet couch? up on his couch. So what'd you do? Yeah, I remember grabbing my feet up on Eddie's couch. <laughs> and, um, and the this rich was... motherfucker could buy another one. <laughs> Which. Sidebar, I love how Rick James looked like he was made out of fucking hamburger meat during that whole bit. Honestly, I thought he was made out of jello pudding the way he was sweating. <laughs> the thing that really like tied this whole show together was the audience. Like this show really highlighted how like I guess important a live audience can be to a show like this. Like Yeah. And it and it's the oh, audience, go ahead. the audience reaction just like made stuff that was already funny. 50 times funnier like it was it was the yeah. audience reaction 
that made the realization of the Clayton Bigsby skit even funnier because slowly you you could hear the audience start to understand more and more what's going on because it wasn't obvious what was going on before. Yeah. Because he just shows up to his doorstep and he's like, what, do you think I can't write all those books just because I'm blind? And you hear a few people giggle. Yeah. And then it was like... <laughs> And then it was like, he was the only black kid, he was the only black child at our school, and you hear even more people giggle. <laughs> and then finally it was like, so what did he do? Well, to make it easier on him and everyone else, we just told him that he was white, and everyone just bursts out laughing. Like, like it, you, it was in waves. Yeah. Everyone understanding that skit. Well, it's the same thing um, with like the the Rick James bit we just mentioned. The first time he's like, you know, you know, I don't just do things just to do them. I got a little more sense than that. Yeah, I remember grabbing my feet on Eddie's couch and everybody just, like you, <laughs> you, you hear like you hear like half the audience laugh. Like it's a it's a subdued laughter, and then the rewind, and then he says it again, and just yeah, I remember grabbing my feet on Eddie's couch. <laughs> the whole audience fucking dies, and it just yeah. made it so much funnier. And, and it's just. <laughs> I must be and, losing my you know, mind reminiscing about Charlie Murphy <laughs> kicking my ass. And <laughs> just like the audience is just like done. <laughs> if if the only thing if the only thing you got out of this show was I'm Rick James bitch, then you did not deserve this show. Yeah. Because there, no. so there was so much there was so there was so much else that was great about gold mines for quotes happens to be the Black Bush episode. <laughs> that one kills me. We got a whole uh, we got forty nations ready to roll, son! Like who? Who the fuck said that? <laughs> oh, that's, like, like, I, got, I got some yellow cake England? right here. <laughs> oh dear God! Don't drop that yellow shit! Cake. Don't drop it! All right, I wasn't gonna tell you this. He bought yellow cake. That's right. The motherfucker bought yellow cake, and I know it because I have it right here. You don't believe me? I got the head of the black CIA right here behind me. I can't believe you not believing he bought yellow cake. You know what? Fucking right. <laughs> don't drop it's that like, shit. Don't drop it. And then he tries to calm everybody and be like, okay, we just got back from Africa. Cradle of fucking civilization. <laughs> Don't drop that shit. No, I have it. I have it here in my special CIA napkin. Pray to God you don't drop that shit. Fucking like, right. And then it was like, some people think you only want to go over there just for oil. Oil? Oil? Who said anything about oil? Bitch, you cooking? Bitch, you cooking? Fuck, we gotta get out of here! Yeah, they knock over the water pitcher and run out, even though it's where they live. <laughs> I, I think the the icing on the cake for that whole skit, the gold mine of skits or the gold mine of quotes for that skit, happens to be when out of nowhere they got Jamie Fox to be Tony Blair. Yeah, that took me by surprise. I'm like, this guy's in on it. He got him to do this. Oh shit! If you hit this table one more time, then the record might skip. Might skip. Might skip. I told you. I told you. Stop hitting stop the table. Hitting the table. <laughs> like I remember, Chappelle's Tupac voice is just so fucking great. I, I remember both his guards came in, and one of them he had crooked eyes. Steve, the tables have turned. Darkness. Go ahead, gentlemen. You may do with him as you wish. Y'all take one more step. I'm kicking this guy out the motherfucking window. <laughs> It just he karate kicks him and Rick James flies across the entire <laughs> Man <laughs> Man, Charlie Murphy think he Bruce Lee trying to do karate kicks on me and shit. <laughs> I'm like, God bless every one of you, you have made my night. He just he just he, he karate kicks him, he just flies across the set in slow motion. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and, Jesus. And 
the Lord should have never gave you guys money. Um, and then my personal favorite was always, always the World Series of Dice. Oh, oh I'm about to go, from, about to to go from ashy to classy. It was just like. It's just like, oh, snake eyes. Oh, she's going to kill me. It's like, who's he talking about? His wife comes up. Larry, what the fuck are you doing with my money? <laughs> and he comes down. He comes down. Everybody, like I said, get butt naked. Looks at him. Put some lotion on. <laughs> um, and, and, oh, and then I just love how he had to bring that back with his bodyguard when he kept getting um, um, held up. And it's just like. All right, now both of you, get butt naked. All right, you know what? When we get out of this, you fucking fired. Guess what? When we get out of this, you're in trouble, Jack. Y'all can just let me let him threaten me like that? How am I supposed to give you your money if I got John Coffee from the Green Mile sitting on your middle K Street? <laughs> <laughs> and then he shoots him. He falls down to the ground, and Dave Chappelle's, like, trying to comfort him in his last moment. He goes, money, the root of all evil. Bullets didn't do this. Your greed did this to me, Dave. <laughs> there's there's only one way to keep the show fresh. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kiss my ass two I, times. I, I I need to I need to stop before before it gets out of hand. But as far as or or before out, the entirety of this podcast is just. Us reminiscing about how much we love Chappelle Show. Yeah. There are a lot more things on the docket. Before, but before I someone, will admit, it's deserved. Before someone else has to scream, "Hey, yo, shut the fuck up!" <laughs> um, oh God, I, jeez. Oh, it's, it's, it is my, it is my favorite TV show of all time. Um, I, I own is, the collection on DVD. Like, there is, there is not an episode that I dislike. Yeah. Um. There's maybe a yeah. skit that I ju- that I just wasn't so hot on as much as the rest of it, but um, it's it's a masterpiece, honestly. Yeah. And he he is the best. He's the goat. He's the greatest of all time. Yeah. And yeah. even if he has a few recent jokes that aren't as good or wise, um, he's. I think of all people, even though I'm not a fan of this guy. Of all people, Joe Rogan said it best. Ah! He he has like a tall tale myth about him, mm-hmm. where like he maybe was, it was a, just a hallucination on DMT. He, he was, he, you know, he he was at the top of the world, and he had like the most popular thing, and he had all the money in the world, and he just walked away from it, and he disappeared, and he went to another country, and then he came back, he returned, and it was like he's almost like a character from a book. Yeah, you know, he, he he's like a legend or something. And Prophet had to disappear for ten years. And and I just I just loved how, you know, the first episode of Saturday Night Live after the twenty sixteen election, he hosted it. And it was like when America needed him most, he returned. And yeah. it, it was amazing. Um and yeah, is is I think that was a really good point. He's almost like a character from a book. It's like a like a tall tale guy. Yeah. Um and it's just, I, I love this show. And I mean, honestly, like, it deserves an episode of its own, of just our top favorite skits. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, the the, the Tupac um, skit, and that was in the Lost Episodes. Yep. Um, that's actually my mom and sister's personal favorite. Um, it's just, 
you ordered a gin and tonic, but you didn't even tip, and if you hit this table one more time, then it just might skip, might skip. I told you, stop hitting the table. Like, and I love just, how, like, by the end of it, he's he's fucking cock-blocking Dave from the grave. Yeah. Dave Chappelle, yeah. that ain't your wife. <laughs> Go home. Got three. Dave Chappelle got two kids. Oh. We'll run up on your spot like CJ from San Andreas. San Andreas. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh man. To help move it along, even though I do like staying at this topic because it's my favorite. Yeah, great show. Donnie, but we're, we're bring us to the on. next. Next TV show that started in 2003, MythBusters. This was a show that was a oh. guilty pleasure of mine for many, many years. Oh. Like I watched, it is not I followed. A guilty pleasure of mine. I followed the show religiously for like most of its run. It was just a cool show, and it just had like cool people presenting it. Um, and just some of the myths that they tackled were just like really interesting. And it's just like, it gave you, it, it really looked at like stuff that a lot of stuff that we like took for granted about the world around us and be like, Hey, it's actually not that way, which was pretty cool. Um, what do you guys got to say about Mythbusters? Mythbusters was one of my favorite TV shows. In mm-hmm. fact, the fact that it's on Hulu, granted, not every episode, which irritates me mm-hmm. but the fact that it is on hulu and i can pop on and watch it whenever i want mm-hmm. play it in the background you know as a calming background noise while i'm doing something or if i just want to sit down eat my meal and watch it ah <sighs> it, it just makes me happy i like the uh i like the chemistry between uh uh oh god adam savage and jamie heineman, jamie heineman. Yep, it was coming to me. Adam Savage, Jamie Heineman. I love the the dichotomy of their of, of their personalities. Um, it reminds me of a few different friends of mine, you know, with me. Uh, I think the other thing that not a lot of or I don't hear a lot of people say it, but to me, Myth, MythBusters was actually more than just Jamie Heineman and Adam Savage. It was uh, Tori Belacci, uh, Grant Imahara. And, oh, wait, uh, Carrie Byron. Mm -hmm. Uh, I loved how they would tackle two myths at once, and they would split up into the team of three and the team of two. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, we did lose one of them, and I really, that that hit a good bit, and I was really saddened by that. But, overall, that was one of my favorite shows. Like, it got me interested in science. Like, it was one of those things where it's like, I'm really interested. I want to learn, but God knows that will never be a profession of mine. <laughs> Blake? I have not seen a single episode. Um, really? I, for the longest huh. time, for the longest time, I went by believing that those two guys were brothers. And then when you told me they weren't brothers, I was like, Oh, because <laughs> they look like they could be related in a weird way, though, I guess. But, but like yeah, like cousins, I, I guess. But yeah, and um, I do know that it was um, I can't I don't think I can count how many times Donnie and I have been sitting down watching a movie <laughs> and they just did. They would do a bullshit logic, like leap of faith, like stunt. <laughs> And Donnie would just go, next on Mythbusters. (laughs) (laughs) I think the one time, the one time he was so broken, he couldn't say it, 
was when we were watching the, the Hobbit, the Battle of the Five Armies, <laughs> when when all the rubble from the bridge is falling, and and Legolas just jumps on one piece of rubble one by one in midair, and instead of doing next on MythBusters, you just scream, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> <laughs> Even even for a Middle Earth movie, it was like nah. Um, but my, anyway, my favorite episodes with MythBusters was when they would, they had like a few episodes where they would test like old sayings, like you know the the Rolling Stone gathers. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but they had one where another one was a uh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, and they like legit found like a couple older dogs that had never been trained and taught them, you know, trained them very well. Like episodes like that were cool. Um, there was another cool one yeah. where they, you know, tested like different ways to like, you know, if you're driving a car and you fall into like a like the car crashes into a lake or whatever and you're sinking, like what's a good way to get out of the car? Um, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, just and that that they used episode that, that episode pool for multiple episodes actually. Yeah, and that episode like ended up saving some lives. So uh, yeah, I remember they were they revisited that. Yeah. In uh, like very future episodes. So yeah, just the just a cool show overall. Um, oh yeah. Move on to the next show, the 2003 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. I, I watched didn't this really watch it too much. I watched this cartoon religiously every fucking Saturday on the Fox box. Every Saturday morning from be, from the beginning of this show to the end of this show, I watched it. It was an awesome fucking show. In my opinion, I mean, I haven't watched any of the newer Ninja Turtles cartoons in the past couple years, but this is the coolest Ninja Turtles cartoon. It is head and shoulders better than that like classic one from like the 80s and 90s. I mean, it's it's just a very badass and mature cartoon. Um, it wasn't afraid to get violent either. And like, what what's interesting about this show is because you know the Ninja Turtles. Like, if you were a kid in the 90s, like before Pokemon, you automatically liked. Ninja Turtles like that was like a given if you were a kid in like the early to mid 90s you loved the Ninja Turtles and then by like the mid to late 90s they just kind of disappeared and they were gone for a while and then this show just brought them back out of nowhere and it was such a huge hit and like it revitalized the franchise Um, but it was just such a cool fucking show and it what was nice was it took like bits and pieces from like all previous media of Ninja Turtles. Like it would take some from the live action movies, some from the original comics, some from like the old cartoon, and then it would have some stuff of its own. Um, and they even did like a, a movie, a TV movie where like the 2003 turtles met like the eighties turtles, which was pretty cool. Um, what do you guys got to say about this cartoon? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a Ninja Turtles fan at all, really. Um, but I, I actually I watched this for maybe like a whole season straight, um, and yeah, it it is better than I mean the the nineteen eighty seven cartoon is just nostalgia. It, it it's nostalgia. I mean, people yeah. watch it with their nostalgia goggles, their rose colored glasses, mm-hmm. um, their it's, juice box of ecto cooler. Yeah. yeah, like it is, it is romanticized and it is charming. And you have to give it credit for it. Really made it, it is the thing that made it mainstream. Like mm-hmm. it came after the comic, but like it wasn't in every household until that cartoon. You have to give it that credit. Yeah. But but it's you watch it now. It's it's so dated. 
Yeah. Um, and, and and he can't just be like you can't just be like oh yeah what do you expect it's from the eighties like there's plenty of other stuff from the eighties that isn't dated yet. Um, I guess I guess that's I guess cartoon every cartoon from the eighties maybe you can make that argument but but no th- this is from from a I guess from a a narrative uh you know from from an actual you know plot progression point of view from a character developing point of view like the 2003 show is is superior um and and that's coming from someone who isn't biased um so yeah no i i it gets my thumb <laughs> zach um so i remember when this premiered a lot on uh, Cartoon Network. <clears throat> I think it was Cartoon... Yeah, it, it had to have been Cartoon Network. No, it was, it was on the Fox box. Yeah. I have a distinct feeling that it was on Cartoon Network at some point. Maybe they after may they've be... gotten, like... You know what I mean? Like, they progressed so far on Fox box that Cartoon Network picked up the rights to show it. And, like... Syndication. Yeah, syndication. Yeah, yeah. They like, probably got the reruns. Like, if I had started it at the at the point in time where it had kicked in, you probably would have been like what, like four seasons ahead of me, kind of thing. But I digress. I don't remember too much about it because it was one of those shows that, for some reason, it just didn't keep a hold of me. I don't know. I liked the concepts of the characters that had different. Um, uh, different, uh, wait for it, it's on the tip of my tongue, <laughs> personalities. They had different personalities. Uh, they had different, like, shticks. They had, you know, the, the, it, they had that thing that made them them. Mm-hmm. And you got to see how they interacted. They were all heroes. Um, it was a really cool, you know, obviously, really cool concept. I like how they portrayed it, where they made it just a little bit, oh, excuse me, a little bit darker. Mm-hmm. And, you know, still kept that you know, it, it's still Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's just it's a little darker. I don't know why it never could draw me in the way other things did, but I mean, what I saw was decent. That's all I can say. All right, well, let's move on to our next TV show that started in 2003, Punked. <laughs> this goes on the list along with uh, Fear Factor and Jackass of things that uh, shouldn't have come out when they did in terms of just how many kids were watching this that shouldn't have been. Um, yeah, like, I remember watching, like, seeing Punk and really just... Watching Punk, you weren't really watching people, like, watching it for the pranks. You were watching it to, like... You were really wondering if it was going to be the last time you were going to see Aston Kutcher alive. <laughs> it was almost like... It was almost like uh, a maybe. It was Schrodinger's snuff film. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> You know, okay, first off, do you know what a Schrodinger's cat is? No. Okay, it's a concept where you take a cat, you put it in a box, and, like, theoretically, the cat, because you you know that there's a cat in the box, but because you can't see the cat, the cat now does exist and now does not exist. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a... It's one of those things, you know, it's complicated as shit. <laughs> uh, I have not the mental fortitude to go into it, unless you want me to look it up on uh, Google here. But to me, 
that's a Schrodinger snuff film. <laughs> it has all the, you know, the markings of that man about to die. <laughs> that man about to get his ass kicked. You're just waiting to see if it happens or not. That's an interesting assessment. <laughs> yeah. Now, see, when you compared it to Jackass, quite frankly, I would have taken Jackass any day of the week over Punked. Well, at least in Jackass, yes. everybody was in on the joke. Yeah, well, then again, at least in Jackass, if one of them was acting douchey, you knew at some point it was going to get turned around on them. Yeah. Instant karma. <laughs> that never happened to Ashton Kutcher, and he he slowly became more and more of the classic douchebag with the backwards cowboy hat. <laughs> oh, man, we're going to really just punk him real hard. A backwards cowboy hat? <laughs> no, uh, wait, did I say cowboy hat? I meant trucker hat. You see how tired I am right now? <laughs> I'm running on caffeine, spite, and the will to stay awake. Blake, what do you got to say about punked? I never watched it. Um, I, I, I think Ashton Kutcher, I mean, I, once again, I'm not going by how he acted in any of these episodes, but I actually personally like him. Um, I think, you know, in real life, later on, he's he's proved to be a, a decent person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, one, I, I do have one specific memory, which was, um, and this was, Punk was going on while he was dating Demi Moore, and that was, like, such a big thing mm-hmm. in, like, pop culture and, like, the, the tabloids and stuff. And, um, and you know, Demi Moore f- was famously married to Bruce Willis, but, you know, since they had kids together, they still had a, a, a decent friendship. They co-parented well. Mm-hmm. So because of that, Ashton Kutcher had to be around Bruce Willis for holidays. And That two- honestly made me uncomfortable. Two people you would never put in the same room with each other, and and there was an opening of a punk episode where Ashton Kutcher is like doing like a a candid um, video <laughs> journal <laughs> video journal where you know it's black and white and stuff, and he's like, ever since the show, I don't have any friends anymore. I just have Demi and Bruce. I swear <laughs> to God. I swear to God, if I have to watch Die Hard one more fucking time. <laughs> so that, that, that's that's my specific memory of the show. Right, well, our, our last... You mentioned not putting the people in the same room. I'm thinking to myself, no, they're people who wouldn't sit at the same Thanksgiving table. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's move on to our last TV show that started in 2003, the Teen Titans cartoon. Oh, dear God. This cartoon was pretty fucking cool. Like, I didn't watch it religiously, but it was pretty fucking cool. Um, it was it was a little different than your typical, like, superhero cartoon. And it just had a cool cast of characters. Um, so, you know what, Zach? You, you seem like you got a lot to say about the show. Why don't you go ahead? I really liked it. I really liked its dark tone. I really liked how, as much as it wanted to be the whole DC-style campy, that it showed it at times but they wanted to give it a very realistic approach. Mm-hmm. The world isn't always campy and fun and jokes. It's heavy themes. Mm-hmm. It's dealing with loss. It's dealing with betrayal. Uh, it's dealing with fitting in. And I, I really did like that. Not to mention the fact that 
Whew, Jesus on God. <laughs> Starfire and Raven. My God. Oh, wow. <laughs> 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. They make my heart just explode. But that's... That's where that ends. It's a fucking cartoon, <laughs> man. Hey, their voices were very nice. All right, not Blake, the sequel. Ahead. They're cartoons. <laughs> you leave the you leave that fucking sequel out of this. I swear to God, it is only meant for one thing, and it's the wood chipper. <laughs> the Teen Titans Go. Yeah, it's not good. <sighs> I oh, it's I not good. I I, wa- I saw Teen. T- I took my nephew to see Teen Titans go to the movies, and it was actually funny, though. Honestly, for now, what it now, was. Now, granted, granted, my my friend John Rose, he is a lot more forgiving and a lot more objective when it comes to movies than I am. He said the same thing. He said yeah. the exact same thing. Me, on the other hand, I'm like, I still won't forgive you for turning Robin into the punchline of every joke, or trying to become the comedian for every joke, or the punchline for every joke. It was really, okay, really good dichotomy here, and I think, uh, uh, yeah, I think Donnie could back me up on this one. Chappelle's show can do fart and poop jokes at a really nice pace, (laughs) in really nice timing, and it doesn't seem forced, it doesn't seem like, okay, all right, uh uh-huh, fart joke, poop joke, uh uh-huh. No, they really got you like holding your sides, going, "Where, where's this guy getting this? Why is this funny?" Teen Titans Go, on the other hand, oh god, it's like, oh, mm, instant cancer. Don't stand out in the sun for hours on end. Just watch a few episodes of Teen Titans Go. You'll get all of it you need. All right, let's move but, on. Um, Let, let's move on. But no, hold on. Overall, Teen Titans, good show. <laughs> That's all I had. To, that, that's all I was ending it with. Jeez. All right. Bruh. <laughs> Let's move on to TV shows that ended in 2003. I'm just gonna run through them here real quick because there's only three of them. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> we're also getting close to three hours on this. All right, hey, run through them. Come on, let, let, let's let's jog. Let's do this. All right, shows that ended in 2003, Dragon Ball Z, I, I mean, at least the U.S. airing anyway, ended over here, which, of course, it had ended like 10 years prior in Japan. And by ended, you mean played the same episode on repeat because they couldn't get the dubs in quick enough? Pretty much. I mean, Dragon Ball Z, that was a show I fucking ate up at this time, at this age. Um, same, actually. Yeah, like... It, you know, when you were a preteen, teenage boy, like Dragon Ball Z was just the epitome of fucking cool. Um, yeah, there's really no other way to put it. Another show that ended this year was Futurama, which was a very underrated show, and I mean, it, it ended because, in all honesty, just because Fox killed it purposely, just to give the middle finger to Matt Groening. Um, I mean, there are so many classic episodes of Futurama that are just so good, so funny, so well written. People don't let you forget about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still love The Simpsons much, much more, but Futurama is is a oh, good show. And I know. I'm always and I've, I'm always a little disappointed about how um, Futurama's been treated. Like, I feel like Futurama should still be on, personally, because um, I mean they got jerked around by Fox, and then Comedy Central brought it back and just ended ended it unceremoniously, just out of nowhere. Um, last show on my list that ended in 2003, Dexter's Laboratory. 
which that show ending, like I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I watched it here and there growing up, but that show ending was like, I remember that being the first time I realized like, wow, I'm like actually, I'm not getting old, but I'm growing up because, you know, this was when like the shows that I literally watched as a small child were starting to come to an end. And it, yeah, it, that's it, yeah. It was like the first moment where I realized, wow, I'm I'm getting a bit old. I'm growing up a little bit now. Um, so you know, what, what, do you, what do you guys got to say uh, about about those shows or any other shows that you might remember? DBZ. I I remember watching Toonami a lot. I was I, I watched Toonami religiously. Uh, any of the animes that they would bring up, I would I would eat it up because you know it was compelling compelling storytelling and all that. Um, DBZ, I wanted to get involved, but every time I did, they would bring me up to a certain point, and then they would all of a sudden jump, like, ten episodes back to give, you know, Funimation time to get the dubs back out. Mm -hmm. Or the dubbed episodes back out. And it would annoy me. Because I remember specifically, there was the thing in there called the Garlic Jr. Saga, I think it was. Yeah. And we got all the way two episodes before it was supposed to end. They ran out of episodes, and then they went all the way back to the beginning. And I went, nope, nope, I ain't going to do this. And then I never watched an episode after that since. I got frustrated. I went back for the Boo Saga, then they did it to me again during the Boo Saga. I was done. Futurama, never really watched it. I had other things. I I got... I, I'm, I am a very easily distracted individual, if you haven't already known throughout the whole rest of this podcast. But, I mean, from the episodes I have sat down and watched, decent. Mm -hmm. Liked them. I wish I could have given it a chance, but, I, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, Dexter's Lab, that one hurt for the same reason that Donnie said. Because not only did that one end, slowly, one by one, everything from Cartoon Cartoon Fridays was dying off. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, it was Dexter's Laboratory, and then it was Johnny Bravo, and then, you know, it was Powerpuff Girls, and then all of a sudden, my favorite, Courage the Cowardly Dog, died off, and that broke my heart. And then that broke way to weird Cartoon Network. <laughs> Granted, I appreciated Weird Cartoon Network a little more when I was older. Like, for example, Misadventures of Flapjack and uh, my favorite, oh, Chowder. Chowder was Chowder was an acid trip and a half, and I loved it. Flapjack was a fucking demented cartoon. No, <laughs> that one that one was like a a, a, a teacup full of ayahuasca. <laughs> what? Magic mushrooms. You're gonna trip really hard, and it's not gonna be fun. <laughs> Blake, what do you got to say about these shows? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, um, you doing a chant there? <laughs> he just took some ayahuasca. <laughs> <laughs> well, have um, fun watching Chowhood. Have fun watching Flapjack. I was, I was pretty into Dragon Ball Z at the time. Um, and then I think I think it should have just ended with the Cell Saga. Um, I thought that was a better ending to the series than the Boo Saga. Mm -hmm. But I, I still watch the Boo Saga, and um, I don't think I've seen every single episode. Um, I, I watched most of it, um, and I came in like I really started watching it consistently when like the the Android Saga was airing on. TV mm -hmm. um, over here, and then you know I basically had to go back and, and finally see the Frieza saga. Um, 
Saiyan Saga is the most boring, I think. Um, it's just it's just one big prologue for the Frieza Saga, really. Yeah. And um, yeah. But but having said all that, like I don't plan on ever going back and rewatching it just because it would feel like such a chore. Uh-huh. Um, and it would be I so feel that. time consuming, honestly. But um, and then. What, uh, what, what, was, what were the other ones uh, you said, Donnie? Futurama and Dexter's Laboratory. Oh, Futurama's pretty good. You know, I, I, I haven't seen too, too much of it, but um, we've watched a few episodes, and um, we, started, we started watching it from, from the start, didn't we? And then yeah. we just kind of dropped it and yeah. never picked back up. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's great. Um, and then Dexter's Lab... I feel like Dexter's Lab ended before that, though. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just being like, me personally, I felt like it felt like it had been done already. It felt like I mean, I thought over. the same thing. I was surprised when I looked this up and saw that it had ended in 2003. But they must have been doing that thing where there was only one new episode every so often because it just didn't feel like it was consistently still on. Yeah. Which, um, fun fact I forgot to mention about Dexter's Laboratory, the voice actor for Mandark is actually a native of our hometown here. Yep. Yep. And, and he him. And he visits um, every so often. His mama still lives here. Yeah. Um, there, I should say. Um, My mom actually knows his mom. She's, she's, she, she came to the, I, I, I bumped into her at the theaters a few times. She is so nice. She, she is just, She's a sweetheart. Um, so yeah, um, but Dexter's Lab did it end with like the the ego trip movie or was I think that, so. That was that was good for a TV movie. Yeah, yeah. Was um, that the one where he teamed up with all his like future iterations? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I loved that. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. Um, and um, so yeah, I I think I think. Um, I'll definitely, I'll definitely have to, you know, watch more Futurama here and there now and then as something to have on in the background. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I got to say. All right, well, let's move on to our final topic for the evening, video games of 2003. Again, I'm just going to run through the list here since we're running kind of long, and then we'll... All just... my favorites, one of my favorites is on this list. Well, I'll just run through the list here, and then we'll discuss them as a whole afterwards. Um First game, Tony Hawk's Underground came out in 2003. Um, I mean, this was right after the Pro Skater games, which were just completely groundbreaking and so fucking popular. And this was still, like, at the height of the skateboarding craze. Um, I mean, Underground 2 was a much better game, which we'll talk about in a future episode. But I remember Underground being, like, it, it really was, like, very different from the previous Tony Hawk games. And it was it was just a very fun game overall. Um, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Everybody ate this fucking game up. I remember seeing this game advertised everywhere. I mean, this game was basically kind of what people wanted out of the prequel trilogy that they didn't get. Um, it was just a fucking wild game, and even more so with Knights of the Old Republic 2. Um, oh. But yeah, the, those games like advertised Good fucking stuff. everywhere. Um, Final Fantasy X-2 was... Huh. I mentioned before, Final Fantasy X is my favorite game of all time. Final Fantasy X was also the first Final Fantasy to get a direct sequel, because typically in Final Fantasy, the, the, the next game has nothing to do with any of the other games. Yeah. X-2 came out, 
And I was so pumped because I was like, oh, fuck yeah, more. And it's not a bad game. But it is not a worthy successor to Final Fantasy X. It's very lazy. Um, it honestly would have been better if it had just been an entirely different game altogether. Um, and didn't have like the Final Fantasy name and universe attached. Final Fantasy X name and universe attached to it. Um, another game that came out in 2003 was Jack 2. Um, which Jack and Daxter had came out, come out like the previous year or two years before. And Jack 2... Because Jack and Daxter was kind of similar to Crash Bandicoot because it was like the first game Naughty Dog did after Crash Bandicoot. Jack 2 had a completely different like tone and look and just gameplay and everything. Like complete left turn in comparison to the previous game. Um, and I just remember that game like that was another game that everybody fucking ate up. Another game that like is a favorite of all three of us. The Simpsons. Oh boy. Simpsons hit and run. I mean. Yeah man. If you love The Simpsons like I do, like this game's just a fucking treat from beginning to end. And even if you're not a huge fan of The Simpsons, this is just a fun fucking game and with tons of jokes in it. Um, it's just a, yep. it's a clever game, it's a fun game, and it still holds up to this day. Um, every now and then I gotta break it out and play it. And then the last game, uh, Enter the Matrix. I played this game once. Like I was at like uh, I was at like a get together and like a friend of yep, a friend right. brought it and like I played like the first level or two and I was like this is kind of cool. Um but other than that I don't have anything to say about that game. What do you guys got to say about these games, Zach? Okay. Well, unfortunately, I think like three of these games I could say I didn't play. Mhm. I wasn't really interested in skateboarding games, so Tony Hawk's Underground is off the table for me. All right. Uh, Final Fantasy, I never played. Uh, there's only one Final Fantasy I think I've ever played, and that was Final Fantasy III for the 3DS. Okay. That was it. Um, to me, it seemed... Like, my first impression when I saw Final Fantasy had, had a... Like, Final Fantasy X had a sequel. All of the advertisements for it didn't make it look like a game. It looked like it was a game created as a love letter to the... Uh, artist who did the music for it. Yeah. That was it. And I was like, but that... Okay, alright. I mean, I I'm waiting for it to be the final fantasy, but you know, you do you, boo. <laughs> um, Jack 2, I never played because I didn't have a PS2 at the time. So I never had access to it. Okay. But KOTOR, I ended up getting... Uh, I actually played the second KOTOR first. Mm. Loved the shit out of it. Uh, Blake came to me later and said that he he had what was it? You had had an Xbox at one time and then it broke. Was that was that the story of it? It or... didn't break. No, I don't remember the story you're trying to tell, so I can't help you out here. I'm sorry. Well, no, I, all I remember was you had a copy of it, and like, why would you have a copy of a game that you don't have a system for? No, I had an Xbox. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I forgot completely you had an Xbox, but uh, you ended up going. Listen, I. This really doesn't have a home, and I know you'd enjoy it more than I would at this point. And I went, yes, I don't own that one. And then I played that one, and I loved it just as much as the sequel. Granted, they're both by different developers. One of them is BioWare, which basically created Mass Effect, which was a giant bombshell of a, of a franchise. And then right at the end, they shot themselves in the foot. And then... After they shot themselves in the foot, they then shot themselves in the femur by getting really, really political and tanking their entire public opinion. 
Oh, it was sad. It was it was like watching someone commit very slow seppuku. <laughs> um, the other company that made KOTOR 2, that was Obsidian. They went on to make, uh, what was it, uh, Fallout New Vegas, and that is the one that everyone praises as the Jesus Christ of Nazareth of Fallout games. <laughs> I mean, it's for good reason, but, I mean, after a while it does get a little annoying hearing it over and over again, but I digress. Um... It, Knights of the Old Republic 1, still a good game, really love it, deserves all the hype it got, in my opinion. Simpsons Hit and Run. <laughs> my parents, uh, okay, my parents were very, very sheltering. I hated that. Mm-hmm. But they, I, I always wanted to play Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. And apparently, when they went to GameStop, they said, well, I mean, he might like, in, he might like this then. So they got that that game for me. I think maybe as a Christmas present, maybe mm-hmm. birthday present, probably. And I played it, and I just couldn't stop playing it. Like that's one of the one games that I a hundred presented all the secrets in it. Um, loved every minute of that game. Uh, I like I I felt a drive, no pun intended. I felt a drive to collect every single car. Yeah. Because every single car had its own little quirk to it. It had its own little inside joke. Um, everything from the monorail yeah. to, like, the, uh, the grandfather's Jeep to, uh, you know, even the... Oh, what was it? Jeez. Ah, even the Mr. Plow. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't even watch The Simpsons religiously as Donnie does, but I know those jokes because of that game. That game was a love letter to what it was trying to be a love letter to. And it was basically, I, I also think it accomplished a secondary goal of getting people who like video games and maybe haven't watched The Simpsons, get them into The Simpsons by giving them all the inside jokes. Yeah. And then a whole bunch of like collector cards explaining the jokes yeah. to get you into the show. I'm like, that's that's a damn good selling tactic. Which I'm glad you brought up like the, co- the collectibles in the game and 100% of the game. This was also a game I, I 100%ed, and like fun fact, I managed to complete this game because of you, Zach. Because really, I remember in middle school we were talking about this game one day, and I mentioned how oh. I was missing I was missing one card in the first level, and I couldn't figure out where the hell it was. And you just chime in, oh, just like turn the corner, and like turn this corner, and just like look around, like to your right, and it's there. And I went home. Wait a minute. I went home. I got it, and that was like the last thing I needed. Yeah, and it's funny because that's exactly how mine went. And I have uh, someone I think you know of. I think his name is Ray Raymond. Yeah, Ray, Raymond Sheets. Yeah, he was the one who turned me on to that because he was just being sarcastic. He said, "Well, it's behind a tree," <laughs> and I thought he was just being a smartass. And I was driving around minding my own business. I crashed my car. I get out and there it to was. run away to go steal a new car, and there it was behind a tree. And I about shit brick. <laughs> but yeah, no, that game got... If it if it got any of the hype, because I really didn't pay attention, I just played the game. But if that did get any hype, it got every single bit of hype it deserved, and I still believe it deserved more. In fact, I want a re-release of that damn game. I want a re-release. Yeah. But Enter the Matrix? Oof. That, one, that one's interesting, because that one... For example, if you were like me and just wanted to have a good time and you wanted to cheat in video games, 
they made you work for those cheat codes because they made you put the cheat codes in in MS DOS. <laughs> Let me tell you how much of a special hell that was. <laughs> but it was really cool because some of the codes were really like some of them were like failed Easter eggs. Like one of them was in order for you to play in a certain mission as Morpheus, you had to type in Cowboy Curtis. I thought that was a really cool, like, little head nod. Um, it was a little off-putting, because when you play this game, you're expecting to play as Neo or Morpheus or Trinity, and instead you play as the... Uh, you play as... Oh, what was her name? I don't Naomi. remember. Naomi. Uh, Naomi? Uh, Na- what was it? Na- Naomi? Naomi. 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 Naomi and Ghost. I always, I always thought Ghost was the most badass, but it really like threw me off. And then when I like really watched the movie, then it all became clear this was supposed to be shot for shot, or at least you know storyline to storyline of what was happening in the background of Matrix Reloaded. Yeah. So as you play, like you watch the movie, and then you play the game, and then everything in the background starts to make sense. And I ate the shit out of that game. Like, oh my god, I played, I played it, played it, played it. Oh, so good. Ten out of ten. <laughs> I mean, maybe not a ten out of ten, but a nostalgic ten out of ten. <laughs> Blake. Um. Uh. I. I'm. I played. Um. I think I played Jack, uh, too, just a little bit. I actually played, out of the whole Jack, like, um, series, I actually Mm -hmm. played the racing game a lot, um, which I thought was really fun, but I'm actually kind of bummed out that I didn't play the trilogy, Mm -hmm. um, because I thought it always looked good, and I don't know why I never got around to it, but, yeah, and it it is interesting how, like, Two looks nothing like the first one. Yeah. Um, and then they made a third one, which was you know more so in line with two. But um, but yeah. So that that's actually one thing I'm actually bummed out with myself is that I didn't really get into that series more than I could have been at the time. Um, and then Enter the Matrix. I just the hype and the marketing around the Matrix Reloaded was like so real. Um. And, and playing that game now, um, if I were to play, I mean, I haven't played it in like probably 15 years, but like in hindsight, it's it's an interesting game. Um, the first episode is you shooting up a post office, <laughs> which yikes. Yeah, um, yeah right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, it, it is. It's basically a companion film to The Matrix Reloaded. Um, it starts right before, and it starts right after. Well, it actually, it's a sequel to um, a sh- one of the chapters in the Animatrix anthology, which is the final flight of the Osiris, or whatever. Final and, flight of the Osiris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, the yep. first level in Enter the Matrix is you um, dealing with a package uh, that was yeah, sent at the end to... of... Yeah, it's, you're basically picking up the flight recorder, the, uh, the yeah. black box of the Osiris. So, and I understand all this is just noise to you right now, Donnie, but, like, <laughs> they were they were really trying to build this universe. Um, they were really trying to, like, you know, um, 
just really story build and world build here, mm-hmm. which is weird considering, like, they had both the second and the third movie in the trilogy come out the same year. So it's like if you really want to cement this as a, a franchise or as, like, the you know, one of the great trilogies of the decade, why are you rushing it? Like, why are you making it, like, be over before, you know, it like you can really pick up more of a fan base like i i to this day i still don't know why they didn't have the matrix revolutions come out a couple or a few years later yeah just to work on it a little bit more and like also it's like imagine if like the harry potter franchise only lasted like four or five years like that's weird yeah um so i that's it's making it a little too broad but uh moving on the Simpsons hit and run. I remember Zach got this, gave this to me as a birthday present. Um, the following year, it was my, it was 2004, 2004. But, um, and, uh, cause, cause Zach and I really started being friends like towards the end of 2003. And then, you know, so we had become friends after my, my birthday of that year. Um, and he gave, uh, he gave me hit and run as uh, my gift I went home and I played it and it was just so fun um, it's just such a fun game um, I would honestly I would love for us to do a playthrough of this sometime even oh definitely um, and yeah I don't like the, the inside jokes and and it, it's it's just such a and I'm, I was always bummed out that they never made a sequel to it um, and they made another Simpsons game afterwards, but it wasn't, like, in the exact same vein. Um, because I was like, you know, the one the one thing I got to do, I mean, just for the sake of criticism, the one flaw I got to give it is you can only kick in it. Like, you can't, like, actually fight in it, and you couldn't do weapons or whatever. Um, it was just a driving mission game. Um, but it was like, oh, you know, because that was just one thing, like, being like, oh, if they made another one, it'd be cool if you could do like guns or weapons in it and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously not like go into Springfield elementary and shoot up the place. Like that'd be <laughs> fucked up. But... No, no, no. The, the, like the closest you could get to really messed up shit is just waiting for people to become pedestrians in your path of destruction and just flooring it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean like it, it, nothing, nothing that would have like been out of the norm for like a Treehouse of Horror episode, you know. Like if you're, if you're in The Simpsons and you're fighting aliens and zombies, like why not have a shotgun like Homer did in one episode? Um, I mean, give the man a laser gun. Come on now. Yeah. So that's that's just that's just a critique for the sake of critique. But no, it's 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 an all-time favorite for me. Growing up, like it's it's a childhood favorite. I loved it. Um, it is a nostalgic ten out of ten. Yeah. So. Well, on that note, we have finished the list. Definitely ran a little long tonight, but it was a good show. I think we covered the year 2003 very well. So, on that note, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here tonight. I want to thank you guys for joining me tonight. I want to thank everybody for listening tonight. Um, definitely, if you've tuned in late or if you missed this episode, we will be uploading this on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and Google within the next day or two. Um, oh, you fancy, huh? Oh, hell yeah, baby. <laughs> Got that wow. plug. So, I am 
Don John, you can follow me on Twitter at Don John Laughs. Uh, also, I have a show in Hagerstown coming up on Saturday the 26th at CNO Taco. I will be performing stand-up there at 9.30, so be sure to check that out if you are in the area. Uh, I want to thank our special guest, Zach Kogel, for joining us tonight. You can find him on Twitter as well, at Gilzilla. Um, also, ladies, he's single. He's one of the funniest men I know, and he's got a big old horse cock. Um, <laughs> Excuse me? What? That was an odd turn. I'm so glad I was about to say, don't follow me. I'm not family friendly. I think that summed it up pretty well. Did you check your rearview mirror before that turn? (laughs) And of course, you can follow Blake at Puka Saucy on Twitter, and he's got some new art coming out. So definitely be sure sure to follow him so you don't miss any of that. So on that note, thank you guys for joining me. Thank you guys at home for listening. Good night and be safe. Good night night and good luck. Ah, holiday get-together. So many things to look forward to. Pass the squash. I'm trying to eat more vegetables. No, actually, squash is a fruit. It's a vegetable, like green beans. Well, beans are a legume. What are you, the vegetable police? Look, I'm just saying that just because... But to those who can always find the silver lining, give the gift of joy. Holiday scratchers from DC Lottery, like Peppermint Payout, Merry Money Multiplier, and Festive 500s, with over $1 million in total cash prizes. Just trying to be accurate around here. Please play responsibly. 